0: This is a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com.
1: Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's Fan Club on FUBAR Radio. <laughs> um,
2: we're back. We're back. We're back. Um, what, is, what is the mood of the, the country today, Nick? Do they? What, what are we supposed to do? Well, you should be happy because you won. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> uh, Yes. Um, Well, it's Friday the 13th. Oh, that makes sense. So I've been... uh, Killing some teenagers. uh, That's right. Uh, No, I've been uh, catching up on my favourite slasher movie franchise, uh, Halloween.
2: Yes! Here
1: we go. go. That's made it better. And
2: we're off. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. um,
2: Yeah. It's a bit of a weird day. It is a weird day. It feels like a weird day, doesn't it? Mm. It's sort of a funny... A lot of angry
1: Tories online as well. Are you there?
2: You've won. What are they angry about? <laughs> just people with opinions. <laughs> what's, their, what's their beef <laughs> this morning? <laughs>
1: uh, you, you can't complain, you lost. <laughs> and it's, it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I think that that's the thing. But, um, you know, um, I think we should all just be uh, positive and think about uh, what we're thankful for. And uh, just, uh, you know, uh, work with the current government into creating a brighter, perkier future. <laughs> See it happening.
2: Yeah. I mean, what. No, I mean, I guess that's the best thing, isn't it? Try and be. Yeah.
1: You get a vote, you vote, the results are out. What can you do? This is truly. So you just need to be positive and think about how we can kind of like make the best out of work with the government, and it might not be. Um, uh, to your ideals and it uh, might not meet your ideologies but uh, you know you've just got to be positive and kind of uh, think about how you can work within those parameters to get uh, what you want out of it the yeah. best case scenario it is It
2: is now isn't it that's you've it, got you to think it do, uh, that's it
1: you can't spend, uh, like, the rest of uh, the next five years moaning. You've just got to kind of, like, make the best out of it. Yeah. And also, I don't I think, think... also think...
2: you are allowed to moan, though.
1: You're allowed to moan, but I just think that wh- what you're going to get, you're just playing into people's hands and um, people just say, well, you know, stop moaning, you lost. And you go, OK, cool, well, how can we work together? Mm. Because that's the problem, isn't oh, it? Yeah, There's yeah. a huge divide and then you just go, well, we've got to all work together.
2: Yeah. No, you're right. You're right.
1: Um, I would say that some uh, I, a, a family member of mine went to a uh, hospital recently and uh, they were very much looked after by the NHS. And um, uh, and I think that that's, that's really the choice. I think that it was sort of like a losing battle, really, because I mean, fuck me, I, I can't stand Boris Johnson mm. and I feel like he's a massive liar. And there was even a thing that I saw last week which really annoyed me, which was him, uh, this is the day before the election and he was sat in a truck stop uh, with a full English breakfast in front of him and he was holding a knife and fork and it was almost like uh, he'd candidly been caught yeah, yeah, in yeah, a moment and he, and he looks up from this full English breakfast. And there's
2: a, it, not a camera there, is
1: there? there was a camera there. And, oh, and, and the He's bre- only
2: trying to have his bacon.
1: The breakfast looked disgusting, right? <laughs> and he sat there hovering over it with a knife and fork and there's a trucker sat on the seat behind him and he looks up and he goes, oh hello I'm just here to remind you all I'm here in a truck stop uh, with a fantastic full English breakfast in front of me I'm just here to remind you uh, that you should all, uh, there's voting day tomorrow, and you should all uh, uh, go to the poll station and vote conservative and uh, cut. And, and then someone ju-
2: puts it in a bin.
1: There's not a moment in your brain that thinks that he's not. Uh, uh, <laughs> Throwing the knives and forks on the floor, uh, getting a hand sanitizer, wiping his hands, and getting the fuck out of that truck stop and moving on to the next opportunity. And then the the comments were stuff like, "Oh, I love a good full English." Yeah, and it's just like, he's not going to eat it. Yeah, he didn't even mime. It was worse than Mariah Carey's Christmas yeah. crisp effort <laughs> I mean, where he didn't even take a nibble she of bites, a sausage. Bites the corner of the crisp. <laughs> it, it didn't, yeah, it was just he didn't even eat a bean. It was just yeah. like, come on, mate. No, I mean. But people bought into it, and you go, fine, so, um, I just think that, um I think even if you're conservative and Tory, you've got to have your fucking doubts about Boris Johnson, uh but I think then, a lot of them do I don't think that labor are really offering uh, anything solid to make you feel comfortable about voting for them, so it's well, kind of like
2: yeah no, I think that must must have been the case because it's certainly reflected in it, that, that is that has been what's happened,
1: so you just need to just. Have a rethink. Have a rethink and try and find some positives in it. um, And try and, as I say, work with what you've got Mm. and try and make the best of it. You know, I will say that what I was trying to vote through with with compassion and thinking about other people, um, you know, I don't know how much... I mean, I'm self-employed in an industry that, you know, if I want to work tonight, I can work tonight. And, Mm. you know, so I'm, you know... You think it's not, I think I don't know how much everything affects me, but I'm try you know, you try and make decisions based on what you think is right and thinking about what you think would affect other people course, in the most yeah, positive yeah. way. And I don't think everyone does think like
2: that, yeah. And,
1: um I it's don't even think, I,
2: but I actually don't think that's even the result, actually, just it's not even on people's radar. That's what I kind of think. It's almost like people can't even have been following. The news, or or any of it, it just feels like it's quite. The decision seems to be made on a, a sort of flip of the coin or something. I don't know. I just find it all. Like, it doesn't feel like. It's, it feels illogical. A lot of it. It's not so much that that, that um, Labour lost. It's almost like to the extent is what makes me go, wow, that's extraordinary. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have seen that. Kind. Well, I just
1: sat for an hour and a half on a train uh, with a runny nose and uh, the sniffs. And uh not one person offered me a tissue. And I just think the fucking this is this is the Tories. Yeah. Right in charge on this train. Yeah, that's right. Not one person offering
2: me yeah. That's another just, thing, isn't it? You're not gonna get any I mean awful awful trains and you sort of have a glimpse of someone going, Maybe we'll try and renationalise the trains and you go, Oh and then you just remember going, Oh yeah, that's another thing we're not not having now. Anyway, um, your name's Nick Helm, is it? My name's Nick Helm. <laughs> this is the
1: Tony McCarth and uh, you are listening to the <laughs> Five Star Fan Club. Five Star Fan Club. Uh, first rule of the fan club is tell your friends about the fan club. Second rule of the fan club is uh, please, for the for love, love of, God. of God, tell your friends. I mean, I haven't really got a lot of energy in me today. I feel like <laughs> it's been beaten out of me. But yeah, you just go fuck it. Oh, I mean, fucking,
2: uh, fucking. You stupid cunts (laughs) You stupid cunts So very well up till now
1: Nick Uh, Yeah fucking hell (laughs) Uh, No but you know Best foot forward try and be positive But he didn't eat that fucking breakfast You fucking fucking (laughs) morons I'd have eaten it Fucking hell It looked disgusting I know, I
2: would have still and you're it
1: you're in a fucking truck stop Either eat a full English breakfast Or be in a truck stop But both is overkill <laughs> But fucking Fuck me Fucking hell I tried to find it To rewatch watch it um, To send it to a friend And just be like This is what I'm talking about But um, there's so much I mean it's, <laughs> You can't go on the conservative Twitter feed And find anything now Because it's all just um, a, um, a live stream of success <laughs> Um Anyway, so uh, 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 I was watching Prince of Darkness this week. Yeah. <laughs> no, not really. Um, uh, have you seen anything? What well, should we do fan mail and then we'll... Um, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah let me get uh, let me... Get my, uh, it's, it's, it's funny because we, um, we got visited uh, by uh, Juliet Sear last week mm. and I didn't talk about what I was going to talk about, but I've left my notes at home, so I can't remember what I was going <laughs> to talk about. So let's do some fan
2: mail and see she if was we a can, ghost of Christmas past. Uh, yeah. And present And presents Sir
1: Um, What is it Here we go Here we go Still loving the show Still We'll catch up later
2: When I get home
1: I mean it's almost Christmas I should also say It's almost Christmas And we're all very And this is the
2: Christmas special This is the Christmas (laughs) This
1: is the Christmas special Friday the 13th Uh, Do you know what I mean I mean even if it wasn't I can understand If it was any other Tory Mm. But Boris Still loving the show. We'll catch up later when I get home. A film to throw into your discussion. Went to see A Good Woman Is Hard to Find at the film theater last night after work and Xmas shopping. Hoping it would be a feel good end to the day. But to be fair, it was on in Cinema 2, which is the weird one. Describe the film. To- what's the what's the film theater? I
2: don't know. Where's that? Well, I mean, I'm National just- Film Theater? Maybe. It's two. Maybe it's the local film <laughs> uh,
1: Which is a weird one. Describe the film to the nurses here today. and uh, They thought it sounded sick and disturbed. I think that's probably a strong r- recommend. It certainly was miles away from the description in the programme was leading me to... Uh, I mean, this is, it's not that I can't read. It's poorly written, Karen. Not sure I'd oh, watch so it be, again. In, not sure I'm better. I'm a better person for having seen it.
2: Um, so it'll be in Ipswich, is it? It's from. Oh, it's Karen. will so. be in um, Karen from Ipswich. So I think it'll be the film theatre there. Uh, I've
1: I not know, seen a good woman two. is hard to find. I haven't either. Anyway, so let's move on. <laughs> Dear Nat. Nick Nat. That was it. Somebody sent me a picture of Mark Strong. And uh, a, a post by Mark Strong, Strong And he was at a premiere And he'd uh, hashtagged at the end of it Mark Strong Hashtag Mark Strong And they said, <laughs> I love the fact I love the fact that he hashtags himself in his own uh, I might
2: hashtag all my tweets, Mark Strong
1: <laughs> and, uh, and I thought Yeah, he really is the people's knickknack. <laughs> he is like a national He's a national knickknack. <laughs> um, Dear knickknack. Dear Nick Nat, uh, Nick Nat, dear Nick Nat, I am very sad today and looking for you to cheer me up or call me a cunt. I mean, that's the fan base. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking for you to cheer me up or call me a cunt. Uh, I need to laugh today, so please say something funny. Don, you're a cunt. Don, you are... I can. Hope that's cheered you. Hope that's that's made (laughs) your afternoon. Uh, Hello. Loved the original flavour last week. Could you help me decide if I should get a? Can you stop moving this around and putting fucking photos in? I mean, what the fuck? What's that? Ipswich Film Theatre is in Corn Exchange. Thanks. I mean, we've moved on. We're on like. Fucking hell. I mean. Oh, and they've deleted
0: it. (laughs) Stop moving it around.
1: Um, uh, hello, loved the original flavour last week. Could you, you ha- mm. help? <laughs> no one
0: knows.
1: Hello, loved the original flavour last week. Could you help me decide if I should get a real or fake wreath for my shed this year? Well, who died? Depends yeah. how much you loved them. <laughs> I'm planning on popping to Iceland later for their Vianetta ice lollies. Fucking amazing. hell, Vianetta ice lollies?
2: Yes,
1: please. Oh, fucking ribbed for her pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Maggie. Uh, well, enjoy your Iceland uh, Vianetta ice lolly. Um, my advice, real... take it orally. <laughs> 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 fucking hell. Uh, get, a, get a real wreath, because what are you going to do? Like, a yeah. yeah, fake
2: wreath you can use every year, but a real wreath is... Is, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. That is exactly as I imagined it. Later. Um We've just been given pictures of the mini Vionettas, and they are what you'd imagine a Vionetta ice lolly to look like. Brilliant. Um, yeah, get a real wreath. Why not? Yeah, and then it's uh,
1: biodegradable as well, and you can put it, you know... Just you can put it out to decompose With the rest of your dreams <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Happy Friday the 13th Will you be watching any horror
1: movie today Apart from the news uh-huh. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, I think I'll smash out Axis 1, 2 and 3 tonight Well not 2 surely
2: 3's a banger isn't it uh, You can skip 2 Doots uh, That's what they've written is that Toots? That's his name, Toots. Or her name, Toots. Oh, Toots. toots. Uh, well, yeah. Um, oh,
1: good name. I don't know whether I will be watching any horror film today. Today is going to be my Christmas. Uh, I'm going to decorate my uh, flat mm-hmm. and um, uh, eat some mince pies. Good for you. I had a mince pie the other day. I was delaying it. And uh, I had a mince pie. <sighs> Ate the box. <laughs> fucking, oh, yeah. They're fucking Moorish, aren't they? I, I
2: don't like them. Yeah,
1: I, can't I them. can absolutely understand that. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's to like? They're fucking... All of the ingredients in there are stuff that I don't think... Pastry? No. And fucking currants and... I don't like that. Raisins and... No. No thanks. But there's some, some alchemy when they're mixed together. Pure... Christmas in my mouth.
2: <laughs> I prefer a mince pie if it's mince beef pie. I mean, I think it is the thing, like a scotch pie. Yeah.
1: Mm. Is it a scotch pie or Scottish yeah. pie?
2: Scotch pie, I think it is. Does it have potato in as well as scotch pie? No, I think it's just sort of like sausage
1: meat and a very greasy. <laughs> I mean, merry delicious. Christmas. <laughs> merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Friday. oh yeah. Uh, are you going to watch any horror films today, Nat?
2: No, i totally forgotten it was Friday. Other than the bloody news, good one.
1: It depends. A lot of the people in the country are very happy and bitter. It's weird. It's a weird combination. (laughs) Um,
2: uh, So, are you going to watch any horror films? Uh, I may do. No, probably not, because I'm I'm sort of more in a Christmassy. i I'd rather watch something a bit um, uplifting, I think. I think I'd rather watch something quite positive. Did I tell you that I
1: watched Edward Scissorhands recently?
2: Oh, no, I haven't seen it in years.
1: It's fucking incredible. Like, like in a way, you know... um, It's very sort of uh, apt as well, in terms of not the current British political climate, but in a global climate way, where you know uh, Edward Cisarans comes down and then gets wrongfully accused of something, and then everyone piles on, and then he's you know, and I'm not like you know, it's kind of like this, it's like a it's like a parable. And uh, and it's something to sort of like I don't know. I just think it's yeah. I haven't seen film. that
2: in a long, long time. I think it's a bit like I think it's funny now. It's like watching old some of the old Tim Burton films. You go, oh, you sort of forget how good it is.
1: I think that is actually his best film. Mm. I mean, he, he made it in between Batman and Batman Returns. Yeah, I think it
2: was nineteen ninety. Yeah,
1: and um, it's you know I what. I think I've said it, I must have said it before, but I think Tim Burton, obviously, visually, he's like an amazing art director. But in terms of storyline, he cannot tell a story for shit. They're so baggy. They're always... You've got a good sort of premise, and then it's so baggy, and then he spends lots of time kind of like like exploring stuff that doesn't really add to the story like he just goes you know there's like Batman Returns has got really no structure to it and Batman I would say Edward Scissorhands and Pee-wee's Big Adventure are his best films and I really miss that filmmaker because Mm.
2: um I think yeah but I sort of forget he exists as well because he still makes films you sort of forget how and in my head you sort of think I think I just liked it because it was the kind of thing I liked when I was you know, twelve. Or whatever. He had a
1: really good run. He and made, he made and uh, even though his films were sort of like um, uh, baggy and unfocused, uh, they were always sort of spectacular. And I think probably my first film that I really didn't love was Sleepy Hollow. Maybe Mars Attacks. Oh, I love I Sleepy mean,
2: Hollow. I think I was with him right up until Alice in Wonderland. That I was like, I was like into well, it. Alice
1: in Wonderland was kind of like. Weird, but it's also weird in the context of Disney remakes because at least he completely reimagined something. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? Because he did Dumbo, which is completely reimagining the Dumbo story, <laughs> uh, and then John Favreau does the Lion King, and it's exactly the same as the Lion King. And you just go, well, what do you want? Do you? And I think really they're un- just don't remake them,
2: just mm. re-release them like they used to. Mm. But I- well, I think they just make lots and lots of money. Like, weirdly, I think, like... um <laughs> Well, they do. They make billions. Um I think his... That Alice in Wonderland one was, like, weirdly one of, like... I think it's one of those films that might be in the top ten films of all time. Planet Something of the weirdly. Apes. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. At the time, mm. I liked it. It was only when I revisited it, I went, oh, God, it's appalling. Um... I thought that it was
1: disappointing. I remember, like before it came out, there was loads of sorts of um, Rick Baker makeup effects mm. shots. I mean, fucking Tim Roth looked incredible. Fucking <laughs> six, no it's knows. always six. I no always have knows. to press button six, not button seven. Yeah, it looks incredible. Uh, the 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 Rick Baker makeup stuff just looked absolutely fantastic, and um, uh, and I was so excited for that film. And then when it came, and also I thought it was going to be because Tim Burton obviously does fairy tales, and I thought. At one point, there was a narration from Helena Bonham Carter talking about a man that came from the stars and uh, landed on a planet. And maybe, Was it Helena Bonham Carter? Or well, there's maybe? a bit
2: in the trailer, isn't there, that's not in the film, where Tim Roth uh, says, Bring me the spaceman! And that's not in the film.
1: I thought it was going to be a fairy tale from the point of view of... Um, the apes. Either the apes or the, uh, the, the humans. mm hmm about a man that comes along and sort of saves them. And I thought, yeah, that's, if I was Tim Burton, that would be my take on it. Mm. That I'll, I'll reposition it as kind of like this futuristic fairy tale. And it's not that. Mm. And then the ending doesn't make sense. It doesn't
2: really from, make sense. But it's, it's like, I thought, I quite liked how silly it was. And all like how sort of. Hated it. Um, it was so boring. The thing is, it was boring. It was boring. But as its moments, I think. I think the stuff when he, when I revisited, the stuff I really didn't like is how it looks weirdly quite. Oh, wow. It looks weirdly quite cheap. Uh, Nick's cut himself. I'm just bleeding. Just bleeding out. I could do it with a tissue. <laughs> I could
1: do it with a like, tissue. What have you done?
2: Just bleeding. Look at that. That's have pretty impressive, that? though, isn't it? He's got a big scar on his arm from where he's cut his arm on something. Is that in the studio?
1: No, I didn't cut it. I, I think I just. Uh, I, I scratched myself and now I'm bleeding. Yes, the plaster. I please. I mean, I mean, I've, I've, I've said it. Out loud. <laughs> You're just going to watch me bleed? Do you bleed?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, do, I, do I not bleed? Um I've just...
1: Um, <laughs> must have scratched myself on a prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: Oh. And I all quite of like a sudden, th- things aren't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that bit where... um uh, Charlton Heston's in it, no, and he's got—he's the only one. It's
1: who's so got a gun—it's so cheap,
2: but it does feel cheap, doesn't it? When you watch it now, it feels like it's all the sets feel like they only go back about like a, like it, it feels like it's like filmed in quite a small box. I th-
1: it's it's a bad film, and it's one that I don't really ever really want to revisit. And I th- and do, do you know I think one of the reasons is the original series, and not not the remakes or the well they're not remakes, are they? They're sort of. Continuations, mm. latter day. Well, rise from was rise from planet. Was that the first one?
2: First one is no. What is it? Yeah, is it maybe it is rise. Yeah, I can't remember what the first one's called. That was sort of like a prequel, wasn't yeah.
1: it? But then they've already made a prequel, Escape from Planet of the. A- I mean, like. A, those films are full circle.
2: Yeah, that's what's neat. It's very neat. The Roddy McDowell
1: franchise, yeah, like full, and it's really—I just think that they're incredible. I think they're I still incredible.
2: But also, I think the first one is full of huge vistas, isn't it? I've got A t-shirt, are they like a thing? Um, so it, the way it's filmed is that you get these huge, kind of quite spectacle, epic scenes. Yeah, and you think years later they don't match that at all. They don't even. Come close to it, and it feels like you're on quite an alien planet where everything's a bit odd or strange, and it's all huge as well. It feels like it's a real spectacle, whereas they do a remake years later, and it's the opposite. It's sort of almost a much smaller film. Mm.
1: Well, uh, as in, in in, in the Tim Burton, yeah, yeah, it just feels like
2: you're on kind of quite small. It's obviously that he's created the sets, but it feels like in comparison, these sets feel tiny.
1: Well, they were filming in the Utah desert. And it just it looks incredible. And, you know, like, so uh, in the film Gravity, where Sandra Bullock... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah when she lands at the end, spoiler alert, <laughs> she lands in in the lake that they film Planet of the Apes. In.
2: Mm. Um that That'd be good if she lands and, and there's a were, big... Yeah. Oh, uh, that'd I'd, be amazing. I thought that, you know, that'd be, <laughs> like, an amazing kind
1: of... I don't think you see her... Um, uh, make contact with uh, civilization when she lands. I think she sort of like cut, gets out of the lake and is kind of like.
2: Have I said this before? One of the things that always amuses me about Planet of the Apes is a bit of the start where after he lands and they're going through the reeds and you see the things coming, and it's like what's 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 coming, and it suddenly cuts as that big sort of zoom in shot of the ape on horseback, and it's like bang, and as that big chord of the reveal of the apes, and then you go, but who's surprised? The film is called <laughs> Planet, Planet of the, the Apes. apes. They sort of do reveal. It's
1: got the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> it's like there's no surprises yeah, yeah, yeah. in that film. No surprises. It's, but it works so well. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I think Roddy McDowell is one of my favourites. Like, yeah. I just, I love him so much Like, so, when you Like, when I saw Fright Night for the first time I was just like, why is this actor so familiar? Mm. Uh, and then I realised Oh, of course, it's William Ragsdale But who's the old man? <laughs> um, no uh, And it, you go, why is he so familiar? And then, and then, you know, it's one of those things I think it was probably before the internet as well And I went around thinking about it for ages And then all of a sudden it clicked And I was just like, he's Cornelius from Planet of the X.
2: And the, the it's um, also, like, all, all, the, all the apes in the original, the sort of make so good. And I love the kind of, um, when they do the kind of sniffling thing to mm. kind of make their mask move. <laughs> but I've always wondered whether actually it's because that mask's quite uncomfortable. Like, no, sometimes I sometimes wonder if they're going like, oh... Trying to get the uh, no, I bit think, sweat there.
1: I think that <laughs> no. they probably spent ages in the mirror to work out how to perform in it. Zero. That's my. Uh, r- <laughs> Run along, Zero. <Zira>. Don't dawdle.
2: <laughs> Great. I think that's Something prob- for the teenagers I there. Think,
1: I think that's from the second one. What's the second one? Beneath the Planet of the Earth. Which isn't Roddy McDowell. Isn't it? No, it's another actor. Ah, he comes back, but he comes back for Escape is probably my favourite. It's
2: absolutely brilliant.
1: But I love those films. So Escape is where I think they land in modern day San Francisco. They do, yeah, yeah. And then that's why Star Trek Four I think is like my favourite, where they land in modern day San Francisco, and I just I I love (laughs) it. I think Star Trek
2: Four is um, it, it wants to be. Uh, Escaping, Escape from the Planet of yeah, yeah, sure. No, it's not a patchwork. Sure, sure, sure. When they all turn up to like they're wearing um, tuxedos and things.
1: But I, I love it. Um, Leonard Nimoy was basically, they'd made three Star Trek films that were all a bit, you know, of a downer. Yeah, quite plain face. And like two, three, and four are a trilogy within a series. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it gets to the four, Leonard Nimoy was just—they uh, like, said, uh, "Did he do the third one? Did he do Star Trek three?" Uh, I think he did. They were I so think... impressed with him on Star Trek three because he wasn't—he's
2: like... not in a lot of the films. I think he was. He said, "I think that was his deal." wasn't We well, didn't but...
1: want to do—he didn't want to do. He got killed off, and he says, "I don't want to do any more Star Trek." Yeah. And then, um, and I think they tested Wrath of Khan where he dies at the end. And people were very upset, so they put on a, you know, they put on his coffin landing on the Genesis, and you just think that must have always been part of the plan. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, those original, I mean, uh, just they're like the sorts of films that you put on w- when you're going to bed.
2: Yeah, they're, quite and you comforting. Can co-
1: they're really comforting, and you can just—it's like a nice bedtime story.
2: I t- so it's hard to tell, though, isn't it? It's hard, hard to tell how much of that stuff's nostalgia, or it's just like will, will the same things have a similar effect on. Like I do, everyone was saying that, weren't they? That the the kind of when um, the last Avengers film came out, they said, "Oh well, that's you know that's the Star Wars to this generation." And you go, oh, "I suppose, I suppose." I don't I don't have those associations necessarily, but I guess it probably is. Maybe, and uh, but
1: I'm not a huge um, Star Trek fan.
2: Mm, me either.
1: But there is something about that cast that just I find yeah, really I th- and comforting. I think
2: I've really grown into them as well. Like um, the older I get, I think that cast of the original Star Trek will do seem like oh, they're all absolutely athletic. Especially people like DeForest Kelly, who at the time <laughs> I never really thought of as like he, he was almost like a supporting character. But you now go oh, I absolutely get that he's like
1: yeah, that's those three, mm. and then and then they give everyone something to do. Mm. Um, but um, so there's. there's, there's, there's trilogy within the series and then the middle one was search for spock and um takes ages for spock to turn up <laughs> and go, oh god look harder and uh and then uh voyage home i think that's because that's the one my mum took me to see at in with all the whales and stuff.
2: i think it's well liked isn't it i always, um, i found it a bit too silly I, I,
1: yeah it's silly but i think it's really funny and the cast are all clearly enjoying themselves. And, um, and Leonard Nimoy was just like, well, if I'm going to come back and do this, can we just do something that's a bit more lightweight and a bit more fun? Yeah. And so they did that,
2: you know? They,
1: uh, and then what, Five is mental.
2: I don't know if I've ever seen Star Trek Five. Um, is that the one where they meet God or something? Five
1: is a remake of uh, One, essentially. But like, so five, and that's Shatner directed, Shatner isn't Shatner it? Shatner directed it. Five is sort of like, William Shatner was obsessed with tele-evangelists at the time. Uh, and so he wanted to make a film about religion.
2: Also, at the time, I bet it was a thing where, like, he would just be furious that Leonard Nimoy got to make one, and he hasn't.
1: Well, I saw, like, behind-the-scenes stuff of them um, on set, and basically William Shatner's directing, and <laughs> Leonard Nimoy keeps making sort of, like, snidey remarks while he's doing it. And you go, imagine trying to direct, like, a huge-budget uh, science fiction movie and beat the star in it, and then your co-star, who'd already directed two successful entries before you was just sort of stood next to you going, I can actually do this better than you. Yeah. Like, the whole way through.
2: And then... So um, to be honest, that might be one of those good, like, one of those um, Sky Urban myth things where it's the cast of Star Trek, but they're basically doing their actual TV roles as the actors. So no, you've got a very logical uh, no, Leonard Nimoy. No,
1: Leonard Nimoy was not being logical. He was being an a-hole. Oh, right. In a really fun way. But, you know... I don't think anyone that winds up William Shatner is the bad guy. I
2: mean, William
1: Shatner is a bad guy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fucking, yeah. And then Six is incredible.
2: Yeah, Six is great. Six um, is brilliant. Murder Mystery. They just go, it's just that thing of, like, how can we keep this franchise going? It's like, what haven't we done? Let's just do another type of movie within, uh, uh, within like, this sort of sci-fi genre that everyone's seen. mm Really good, really great effects at the time as well. I remember being really impressive. The, impressed
1: the with it. CGI blood, yeah, like yeah, purple yeah. Klingon blood floating around. Yeah. When you watch it now,
2: it looks like CGI blood. Oh, but, okay. um, uh, but yeah, anyway, so um, the bit where he kicks a monster in the knee, and, and uh, that's where they keep their genitals. Yeah. And Iman, great joke. Iman is in it. That's right. Hmm. Christian Slater, whose mum was the
1: casting uh, director. That's right.
2: He shows up for a minute.
1: Yeah, they gave uh, he he framed his check. I see. He got paid and he framed his cheque. I imagine he's cashed that
2: now. (laughs) (laughs) There's probably a point when he cashed it. (laughs) Um, But, yeah,
1: really great. Anyway, so I re-watched Edward Scissorhands and um, uh, I watched it with my mum and my dad and they'd never seen it before. And it's sort of like an iconic film and they'd never seen it. And I just think it's... um, It's not like... It's not, like, about a bunch of uh, dickheads that are trying to find a present on Christmas Eve,
2: you know. Yeah.
1: But it encapsulates everything. It's like a Christmas fairy tale, you know, and I think it's a beautiful film.
2: It's a parable. I also quite like that thing that... uh, It's about,
1: you know, uh, trying to... It's a frustrating film because they treat him so badly, and you can see how it all spirals out of control with gossip and stuff. And and i think um
0: it's a parable for the modern i think modern era. I, think, I think
1: um you know uh, people it's, it's it's quite a depressing film and it shows that kind of like people don't really change mm, sad
2: i like that in it is is it the mum in it who's obsessed with tom jones no it's the neighbour the neighbour and it's quite it's the slutty
1: neighbour uh and she's flirting with a uh, dishwasher repairman, who I think is David Dobkin, who directs a load of Adam Sandler movies.
2: Okay, it's actually been so long since I've seen it. But I like that you have that sort of weird continuity that then Tom Jones ends up showing up in yeah, Miles attack. he's obsessed
1: with Tom Jones.
2: Right. But that's like I always was thinking...
1: Uh... But also Johnny Depp is incredible in it. Like he's incredible yeah. in it. It's like a really amazing people silent movie people performance.
2: Don't really talk about Johnny Depp in that way now, but he was like a huge actor for that for but, that era. But it he doesn't really look like Johnny Depp.
1: So you're kind of watching it, and you're kind of like, I mean, he completely disappears into that that role. Mm. And Winona Ryder, everyone's great in it. Diane Weist is great in it. Alan Arkin is amazing in it um i just love it and it's, it's but it's so it's such a fairy tale and it's really economic as well when um anthony michael hall gets introduced as the bad guy and he like uh, his his uh, meanness and his you know the fact that he's the bully and the bad guy thing it, it he it's quite subtle at first and it escalates at quite a subtle rate but in a logical way to by the end you're going he is an absolute piece of shit and it's not like a, He's It's not, like, immediately obvious that he is kind of, like... Yeah. Uh, but basically it's a Beauty and the Beast yeah, story.
2: Yeah. And also I think at the time even uh, like, that felt to like... To the
1: point that he's sort of, like, gassed on. And it was made a year before Beauty and the Beast, and it's kind of...
2: Yeah, that that story, I guess... Pre-existed it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but the, but I'm not sure the Gaston character existed. Right, you right. Know, maybe. I mean, it's like a, it's an old story, but um but the beauty of you know the Disney version of it, they rewrote all of that. They went through hundreds of drafts to make it into that story.
2: Uh, in that in that sort of early 90s period as well, <laughs> Andy Michael Hall, it was almost like cast. Almost against type Wasn't it that Well he's of...
1: unrecognisable In it And then when you realise You know I think at the time You go Oh my god That's the, that's the nerdy kid That's the guy kid. from Upworld <laughs> that's, that's, the ner- that's the nerdy kid From Breakfast Club uh, And then you look at it It was only made Three years later Yeah yeah. And he's like Well his body Has just transformed Before our very eyes uh, it, But
2: Or when it, you weren't looking
1: when, when Well yeah I mean He must have had a gap but um, <laughs> yes, I, anyway, I just think that if you're looking for a film to watch at Christmas,
2: that's a good, then a that's, good that's a real
1: good one, I think, because I, I think that that's aged incredibly well uh, and is still sort of relevant. Mm. Um, I also
2: the like, like I was something about the um, uh, the Tom Jones thing. It's also nice when you watch uh, John Carpenter's Halloween and they're showing Things from Another World on the TV. It all, all feels very neat in uh, in hindsight when you look back. I like those little moments that feel like they're kind of...
1: You've literally
2: shoehorned
1: a John Carpenter reference. Sure, into it. well, it's Christmas. <laughs> um, uh, but I think it bridges that gap between sort of horror and Christmas.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good That's a good recommend. And you get a lovely bit of uh, Vincent Price at the start doing another kind of silent performance, right?
1: Um, well, no, he's quite chatty.
2: Okay, okay. Uh,
1: but, uh, yeah, special effects. Well, I remember the
2: bit room. where he, he sort of dies and it looks like... Life, he does that thing, doesn't he? With like it's just life on his face, strains away.
1: Yeah, it's amazing that bit. Like, amazing. I think that it, some of his performance is a little bit hammy, but I think that's his <laughs> last.
2: <Surprise. laughs> <Is> that right, <laughs> <laughs> not like him. That's like accusing Ham of being <laughs> ham, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, um, but like, I think that's his last film as well, isn't it? A good, a good it one to go his, out, yeah. a good, yeah, um, I, I, really I, I neat. Perfect, yeah.
1: And then with Sleepy Hollow, he got Christopher Lee, and mm. um, oh, yeah, I mean, I love those. I love those guys. But I love Sleepy Hollow. I think, I think it's great. Yeah, I think I may have been... I haven't watched it loads since the cinema. Mm. Um, anyway, okay. Hello. I'd love to talk about Gardener's World. Do you enjoy a spot of gardening? I'd like to know more about your hobbies. Thanks, Molly. Do you know what? Um, I don't... Uh, I've got... Um, I live in a flat that's got um, a, a communal garden space. So I don't do any gardening mm-hmm. per se. But I do have potted plants and I do... Um, mm. We really try to keep them alive.
2: I like the idea of gardening, but I don't have any aptitude for it or... Um, I don't like... Or time. I, I think I th- couldn't wait. I don't like having soil on my hands. Right, I can see that.
1: Um, my dad has soil ingrained into his fingertips. Yeah. You know, and, uh, um, but he has committed a lot of murders
2: <laughs> <laughs> that are yet to be discovered. But it's good to get lots of different types then because well I could have been there but I was also every, somewhere else <laughs> good good plan um, uh, do you have any hobbies have any hobbies <laughs> I watch films
1: I made my hobby my career and if this is a career <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> do you do
1: anything that isn't films and god, isn't comedy I don't comedy? know that I do
2: now you know I um no not really god no I don't do I I feel like I must do I feel like everything I have done in the past, I don't really do anymore. Oh dear! But like, it's it's draw to draw. Used to. Don't really draw much now. What sort of stuff did you draw? Um, Sort of silly things, kind of. Also, I was like sort of trying to do kind of quite cartoony things and things. Not really. Oh, that's that's, Vincent Price was in the TV
1: film The Heart of Justice after Edwards' hands in 1992. His co-stars were Eric Stoltz, great actor. Jennifer Connelly, great actor. Dermot Mulroney, great actor. And Dennis Hopper. This was actually ha- his final film. Him. This was his final film. Oh, oh right. that's well, not right. as good.
2: Well, that's not as good. Well, I haven't seen it. It might be amazing. It's got a good cast. He's in a TV movie. TV movie, I guess. So I couldn't could say it's uh his last theatrical film. Dennis Hopper's good. Um, he should have died after Edward Anzo,
1: Who, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> no, he wasn't a surprise. <laughs> would have been perfect.
2: Uh, he's ruined it by doing another film. Heart of Justice. I wonder if that's any good.
1: Dennis Hopper's got one of those, uh, well, in Speed, one of the best sort of bad guy deaths, I think. Yes, yeah. Where they're rolling around on top of the train. And, you get... and it's kind of like, it's not about Keanu Reeves being cleverer. It's just about the fact that Keanu Reeves is kind of like he plays, uh, is it... Uh, Jack Travis and uh, and he's kind of like he's just trying to get the job done and he's so good in that film and uh, Dennis Hopper's like a, a, a mastermind and he's, uh, and it's all about ego and he's going I'm taller than you I'm so much taller than you no he goes I'm smarter than you I'm so much smarter than you and then Keanu Reeves, uh, pushes him up and knocks his head off and he goes yeah well I'm taller did we talk about this last week? I fucking and you go <laughs> it's not like do you know what I mean he hasn't used his brains and his cunning yeah, yeah, yeah. he's used um, Dennis Hoppers ego and intelligence against him and he's and he's won he saves the day uh, love it uh, so that's our time now now we're going to listen to a song and then we'll talk about what we've been up to this week Nick Hell of
0: Nathaniel him with Carl Sankrat Radio
2: So.
1: It's, uh, it's, oh, you've got a Sam. Have Pe- you turned my
2: mic up? No, it's up. It's uh, up. Is it on? No. Oh, hello. oh there oh, we go. I switched it off. <laughs> you've got a San Pellegrino there. Oh, that's
1: disgusting. Clementine. Oh Clementine.
2: Clementine.
1: Oh, that's disgusting.
2: Is, is that it Christmasy? Clemen- that should
1: be Cle- Clementina Turner. <laughs> if it was going to be a singer.
2: <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I saw Tina Turner once. Did you? Yeah. What on stage or yeah. in the? In the street. Yeah,
1: 1996, Wildest Dreams Tour, supported by Toto. What was she like? Well, I'll tell you what. The show started, there was a massive golden eye on stage. And uh, and uh, she, uh, what happened was the golden eye, it, um, it, it split open. And she came through on a platform through the middle of this massive golden eye. And she sang uh, Nutbush City Limits. An oldie but a goodie. I've said that before. <laughs> but um uh no she sang
2: goldeneye. Uh, yeah, she's incredible. In ninety seven. Ninety six. So I guess it's full on Goldeneye era as well.
1: Mm, it was really good, like really good. And Toto were good as well. Uh, mm, there you go. Uh so what have you been up to this week now? Oh we've got have we got any um
2: We've got we got a gift. We've got a gift. I've opened it I've, open, I've pre opened it and I've had a look inside. Yeah. We've got some That's gold good. coins. Yeah, milk chocolate gold coins. Yeah, in a plastic in a plastic bag. In a plastic bag, we've got. that has b- been
1: uh, self-wrapped by someone, self-bagged.
2: Oh, we've got a Santa Pez uh, Pez dispenser. Lovely. Maybe another one of those. All right, rattle through it. Come on, two of them, one two each. Them.
1: One each. That's very thoughtful. Thank you very much. We've
2: Thank got you. And a book. I'll Who's this out. from, by the way? I'm trying to find. A, here we go. This is from Dave and Alex. Uh, uh, it says Dear Nick and Nathaniel Merry Christmas to you both I enjoy your five star fan club every week And now my daughter Alex enjoys your show too We both think your show is the cat's pyjamas Lovely phrase <laughs> To show our appreciation to a great show We have enclosed some Christmas gifts Hope you enjoy them One of them is bags of chocolate coins Oh, one of the bags of chocolate coins is for Natalie Oh There you go, her up um, a question for you If you bought an enchanted copy of the Christmas Radio Times Which could let you watch any film or TV show Past, present or future on Christmas Day What would it be? Mine would be a new Wallace and Gromit animation Finally, a Christmas uh, What's that, a Christmas Hey, I'm not getting the word something recommendation this is oh a christmas song i guess a christmas song recommendation this is christmas by emmy the great tim wheeler search tim wheeler on spotify i love listening to it every year we both wish you a prosperous new year and look forward to more fan club and any other projects you have in 2020 who's that from dave and alex fuck off dave and alex come <laughs> on and our <laughs> gifts we've been given are oh
1: wow die
2: hard coloring books oh wow that's amazing that's amazing. Dave, I think, is also the person who sent us the Roger Moore book. Oh,
1: wow. So there good. There go. Oh, that's lovely.
2: Lovely stuff. Um, Thank you very much, Dave. And I forgot. I'll have this to get my one. pens out. Oh, we've got a card each. Okay. Uh, is this radio? That's what I would constantly be asking myself, Nathaniel, if I was in your position. I mean, it is technically. It's, it's radio. It's going out. It's it going is. out now. Mm. Oh my God!
1: Ah, uh, wow! Well, every time you tell a friend about Fan Club, an angel gets its
2: wings. That's true as well. To and it position us in the Dave and Alex. in the It's a Wonderful Life.
1: So the little girl is poking you in the face.
2: Yeah, I think she's a. Uh, yeah, she is poking me in the face. She's going oozy.
1: There was a lot of love put into that, David. There Alex. is. That's a lovely. Thank you um, very much. That's very
2: kind. Lovely photo. Thank you very <sighs> much. What a what a week. what, what, what a treat. Um, so, Nathaniel, what have you been a fan of this week? I'll well, something I watched. I watched uh, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Oh, fucking hell. In a weird... Uh, we we synced up. Yeah, but I didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. I went to see it at the BFI on Sunday night. Isn't that weird that it was even on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, I'd watched
1: a thing on YouTube where they referenced Umbrellas of Cherbourg, and I remembered that I had it on DVD. It was on my stack of DVDs, uh, or Blu-rays, that I haven't seen yet. And I was uh, out and it came up in conversation while I was uh, uh, doing someone else's podcast. And uh, Rich Wilson's Insane in the Membrane. Mm. It's a fun listen.
2: Yeah. Don't like the title. But it's a good... Uh, sure. We can membrane. all be picky.
1: We're all just trying to carve, our, carve our place in the world. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and it, 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 it it came up in conversation because I've been thinking about it a lot and I was just like, do you know what, I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch it and I thought that will be my Sunday night, that is all yeah, planned
2: it's
1: very good. I got home and I literally I was like uh, I was like Gene Hackman in the conversation I just tore my fucking flat up looking for uh, fucking Umbrellas of Sherberg, couldn't find it so I ended up watching That's My Boy starring Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg <laughs> um, which has uh, a, it wasn't. it's not a very old film but it hasn't um uh, not age well? Well, no, it hasn't. And I think it was controversial at the time because uh, it starts off with a uh, 12-year-old boy who uh, uh, is uh, basically sexually abused by his teacher.
2: That's right, I remember. But um, at the
1: time, you can kind of like <laughs> go, yeah, but it's trying to be in bad taste. But now when you watch it, it's literally... That, sexual abuse. It's sexual abuse. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, um, but there is... I think uh, I do still quite like a lot. I think the reasons why people like it are some of the reasons why people don't like it. Uh, some of the reasons why I like it. It's like really unapolog- uh, unapologetically... Uh, in poor taste. Bawdy and in poor, poor taste. And loads of swearing and wanking jokes <laughs> and he's just like yeah but that's what it's aiming to do
2: didn't he do a quote this week because is it, is it, he's in this movie uncut gems, uncut gems and there's lots of oscar buzz around it and there's always talk about um and i think he said something like yeah if uh, if this doesn't work out i'm just going to make terrible films for the rest of my life he <laughs> said <laughs> but i think he said it like. <laughs> he is aware I yeah, mean, yeah yeah there's,
1: there's a song in his thing um uh, in his 100% fresh, where he mentions rotten tomatoes, <laughs> rotten tomatoes, um, and uh, and how uh, his wife uh, says that all of those reviewers can fuck off and die, <laughs> and you just go—he is aware. Um, that's, I, that's the th- I mean, I've got a lot of love for him.
2: Is he? Uh, do you think? Is there a point with him though, where even I some mean, of his films, he know he's going. While he's making them game, it's not funny though, is it? Um Or do you think he's always thinking this? I think is really
1: he's good? I think he I think I do you know what I think he's well liked in the industry mm. and I think everyone thinks that he's a good person and oh yeah, a nice person. And I think he probably always tries even something li- like little Nicky Which, I've said before, comparatively, when you look at what he's... At the time when I saw it, I thought it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. But when you look at the stuff that he's made since, and you go back to Little Nicky, you go, this is a fucking masterpiece.
2: Also, great cast.
1: (laughs) amazing cast. (laughs) Um, But when you look at something like Little Nicky, he really commits to doing that character. It's one of the most annoying characters, (laughs) but he's really committed to it. And people... One of the things about um, The Ridiculous Sex... Was that that was uh, that was commissioned? or that was that was given the green light uh, by um, Columbia, and then the uh, Columbia Sony hacks came out, and then basically uh, Sony dropped Adam Sandler, and so when he got the Netflix deal, that film was all funded and ready to go, right? They were they you know, uh, and so when he got the Netflix deal, they just made it straight away and then they released it, and uh, people say, oh, it's another fucking lazy Adam Sandler film. And the thing is, it is terrible. It's like two and a half hours long. It's so long. and it's But it's got an amazing cast. It's got half of Reservoir Dogs in it. Uh, it's got Luke Wilson, my favourite Wilson, by a hair. Um, and uh, it's just, I like him, it just edges Andrew Wilson of, out.
2: Half of uh, Reservoir Dogs did Hateful Eight and the other half did Ridiculous Six. They yeah. just split in two and went... You do that one, we'll do this one. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll but, release it in there. Uh,
1: it's really weird. And John <laughs> is in it as well, who you feel like should have done. Has he done any Quentin Tarantino? No.
2: You feel like so. he should have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do um, love him, though. He's great. But,
1: like, uh, but, so it was kind of another lazy Adam Sandler film. And you look at Grown Ups, uh, and Grown Ups is an awful film, and then Grown Ups 2 is so much worse than Grown Ups that you literally miss. Gra- you go, well, Grown Ups had a story, though. And Grown Ups 2 is just literally 45 minutes of them introducing characters uh, <laughs> with no payoffs. And it's just sort of like a but series. I do wonder
2: if a lot of these films actually would be saved by an editor who just goes, even things like jokes, like within like the shot of a joke or a reveal, mm. it's almost like on screen too long and things. And you go, I- I'm still. I get it, I've seen it. It's like cut now we get it, we get what the joke is it 's weird
1: it 's just' it 's it's a, it's a really weird, boring, long uh, directionless film, and it seems like a series of unrelated sketches and vignettes it, but that word 's too big for it uh, and um, and then it ends, and uh yeah, so grown ups too is I would say that 's a lazy film that is that is Adam Sandler going on holiday with his best mates and filming it. When you look at Ridiculous 6, I don't think it's a lazy film. It was filmed entirely on location. It was a period movie. <laughs> he's got a wig. Uh, he's got... Uh, they're all in costume. Um, so
2: he's had to turn up early. It, so, he, it. so
1: he's had to... T- so, and he's written it, right? I mean, there's no... Good jokes in the film, which is one of the problems, and it's sort of racist in places. There's, okay. all this, there's racial stereotypes of like uh, Native Americans and Mexicans and stuff, and so it's kind of like. But I wouldn't even say it's clever enough to be. Well, maybe because it's so th- stupid, then it's more troubling than. if Well, I think it, if it was if there was, if it was more intelligent, then it would be uh, troubling, and because it's so dumb, then it's also troubling because it's just they haven't thought about it. You know, it's just kind of like these are just racial uh, stereotypes and generalizations. Uh, And it's like when uh, Rambo Last Blood, it's just like the script was in development for 12 years. Uh, You uh, are showing huge Mexican uh, uh, sex trafficking cartels that are coming over the border with van loads of uh, guns. Uh, and no one is on the border stopping them, and it's kind of like a a, a Trumpian nightmare scenario. Uh, There's even shots of Trump's wall, and you go, but Sylvester Stallone is anti-Trump, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of like you go, well, I don't understand how that stuff ended up in the film. Yeah, you can say, well, no, it was based on a... Based on a script that they wrote ages ago. It's like, yeah, but I mean, all While of that, it, all of would... that stuff happened after they, before they, stu- before they made it. Mm. And also, there's shots in there where you go under the cl- current climate. If you're not agreeing with them, then why is that stuff in there? And it's not like saying all Mexicans. It's saying these, these are about Mexican cartels, but they don't make a clear enough distinction. Mm. But there are positive Mexican characters in the film. It's just a weird thing where you go, you either. You're either overthinking this and putting stuff in there, or you're not thinking about it enough and yeah. accidentally putting it in there.
2: Either way, it's both bad. But it's like anything like that, where where people films are being made all the time, where they react to current events and they go, "Oh, we're going to do that," but obviously we can't do that now, so we've got to do X instead. I,
1: yeah, I, I just felt like there was. If you just switch your brain off and uh, don't take anything away from uh, Rambo: Last Blood, it was fair, it was it was fairly enjoyable on a absolutely brainless kind of level but then just morally that you know your conscience kicks in and you're just like I don't know how I feel about this really (laughs) well I know how I feel about it I don't like it but um, I do like him chopping people's legs off and uh, <laughs> sticking a rake through someone's face. But, um, uh, so it's just weird. But then, so Ridiculous Six, which is kind of like, I don't think there's anything lazy about it other than maybe the script writing thing. But he turned up for work every day. He put, up a, he put in a performance. He got up early. He got in hair and makeup. It's fucking tedious wearing a wig on, sure. uh, you know. Um, uh, it's a, a huge cast. There's special effects, there's horse riding, there's all of this stuff where it's kind of like they've made a Western. For, it looks like a Western. It looks beautiful, right? And, uh, and everyone, oh, another lazy. Adult. I don't think it's lazy. I think it's just shit. But <laughs> I, I think that they went into that with the best of um, best of intentions to to make something that was. Good. It was. It's awful though. You know, he has made a lot of shit. <laughs> but then he has also. It's good that
2: there's a great, such a great deal of goodwill. I mean, it says a lot about him that everyone's still funding his films and. You know, well, he's sell, still I, turning up. I, he's not
1: self funding, but he's getting. You know, that's why there's so much product placement in all of his films. Of I watched course. the thing about Jack and Joe, and everyone's like, you know, um, <laughs> the whole Duncaccino thing. We've talked about it before, but fucking. I, d- I don't think it's a bad Al Pacino performance. No, I think it's that he really, the best thing he's done in years. I think he's really. I mean, it, he's 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 good in that everyone's like I can't
2: believe he's doing it it's just like but also he gets to really show off and go I'm basically in my 70s and I'm going to do a big song and dance routine in there and I'm going to reference
1: everything he even references Serpico in that film and uh, and, and you go right yeah and then at the end he just goes burn it and it's kind of like that's the punchline the punchline is him doing a Dunkin' Donuts commercial which is ridiculous enough and then at the end of it he's going to just destroy all the copies and um yeah. You know.
2: but again, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's uh, all these people are turning up to do Adam Sandler films that are sort of very big, well-known, very well-respected actors, and they must all love him. They must all like. Yeah, uh, of course they
1: do. Of course, they've and they've met him somewhere, and, and, and he's gone.
2: Do you want to hang out with me for three months? And
1: it's and an amazing. yeah it's an amazing. He's sort of like champions the underdog, you know. Like he puts people that you know. He put Win- Winona Ryder was in Mister um, uh, Deeds after mm. after the shoplifting thing, um, and you know Jennifer Aniston is kind of like um, she was in uh, murder mystery and just got, like he's loyal to. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that, you go, know, oh, fucking hell, just make something that's good. And then he does, like, every so often, he'll make something that you go, yeah, I know you've got it in you. He's a little bit like Stallone in that way, I think, where he just makes so much shit, and then every so often he just put... Just, you're still, I'm watching all these Siskel and Ebert um, reviews, like... Retro reviews from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And every time Sylvester Stone makes a film, they're just like going, stop making these <laughs> meathead action hero movies. Uh, and it, like, they're very inarticulate when they're doing the reviews. Um, at, at, you should watch them. Some of them are really funny. Because <laughs> uh, like, like, they have like this weird love-hate relationship where they're needling each other. Um, but they're also, they're like, I can't believe you think that about that. They're personally hurt by the other person's opinions on Trump. Like, uh, there's a really amazing cop and a half review, where uh, Gene Siskel absolutely hates it, and Roger Ebert says that he thinks it's really good. <laughs> and then like years later, they do another review where they disagree, and he goes, I will take back my opinion if you admit that a Half is a bad <laughs> movie. And he goes, I'm not going to do that. And then they, but they're so childish, they start sort of like paying fun at each other. But every time Stallone makes a new film, they're just sort of like, he's a good actor. And the thing is, um... Uh, Stallone is a good actor. He's a really good yeah. actor. And as a writer, he's kind of like got um, a real... Like the speeches that he writes in all the Rocky films are incredible speeches. They're like incredible um, uh, life-affirming, uh, motivational speeches. And, and he puts them through in a character, which is a likeable character. And he's, he's, he's good at sort of like tapping into what... Uh, the everyday person can kind of like understand, mm. right? It's nothing too sophisticated, but he's good at selling something like a simple concept, yeah. that is really sort of like mainstream. And it is, it's,
2: it's quite, he it, it sort of makes quite emotional films as well, like, like those little bits, the bits in Creed, too, which is like sort of you know, in, in theory, it's not like a massively brilliant movie, I think it's a terrible, but film. he has like, but he has those moments in it where, where she's, uh, where, um, Michael B. Jordan. Creed is um, talking about he's worried that his daughter's going to be born deaf, mm. and he just goes, But well, "Would you ever really lose? And it's all like, "Oh, oh yeah!" And he goes, "And he's, it's all that kind of."
1: But he, he's made so much shit where he's he's bad. I mean, that's my thing about stuff. My mum will shoot. Everyone says it's a terrible film, and you go, "Yeah, it is a terrible film," but he's good in it, and um, and he's wor- he's terrible in Tanger and Cash, and people don't seem to have much of a problem with that. It's sort of like, it's a, what's the word? It's a guilty pleasure. Oh, yeah. but, um, but fucking hell, he's made a, a, a he's a terrible in Cobra. Like, he's terrible in a lot of films, but he's an amazing actor. And then, so every so often he'll make a film where you go, oh, thank God he's turned up for work. But I don't know. I don't know, it's all for naught. <laughs> 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 uh. Oh, God. Um, so our guest here? Oh, right, cool. We'll play a song and we'll go and get our guest.
2: Um, what's your song that we're going to play? It's uh, James Brown, Santa Claus, Go Straight to the Ghetto.
0: Nick Helm of Nathaniel Metcalf, Santa Claus,
1: Paul Radio. Right, just talking to you, Mike. Hey, this is me. Uh, no, come on. Hello, hello, this is me. I mean, two, I've put them all up. i put them all up. <laughs> uh, and now you're leaving the room. <laughs> I put them all up. Nothing's happening. Are You on that microphone or that microphone? Anybody, come in and help us! <laughs> fucking right. Okay, great. So we're joined <laughs> in the studio now uh, by uh, Dan Schreiber, who is the host of No Such Thing as a Fish, uh, the world famous podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but no, you're not on. You're not, not on, on a fucking mic. Hello, hello. hello, hello. I mean, is that? Um, are you not on? It, um, no. No one seems to. No one seems to. know. Anyway, uh, well, thanks for coming in, Dan. <laughs> uh, it'd be it's great. great. If I were you, great having you. I would walk out. <laughs> I walk out. And I, oh, no, oh, fine. I, it's just the, the volume was turned down. That's great. Almost like so, we weren't uh, expecting anyone. Wait,
2: well, no, still,
1: still, alone. still terrible. So, anyone?
2: Shut oh. the door. I think you can shut the door. It might be better. Is it? Can I get a third mic? Is it? Is it? Is it radio? Is it
0: radio?
1: Someone's just slammed the door because they're,
2: they're walking out. Have this. Have this one. Hang on. Um, what about?
1: Oh, si- I could just share. With what you. about sitting over here?
2: It could be like Robson and Jerome.
1: They're, they're all up. All of the. All of the microphones are up. All of the. No, we, we're live. We're live. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just walk in casually. Fucking <laughs> talking, to, talking to that microphone. Talking to that microphone. You just talking to that microphone. Course, yeah, um, yeah, that yeah, works. That Sit awesome. over, there, over there, Sit over there. there. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, some some people have left for Christmas early.
2: <laughs> um, I think um,
1: this is an. Under- I think
2: I, I think sometimes this show is too casual. <laughs> I no. I, just as you are, Bridget. Just as you are.
1: Name the film. Bridget Jones's Diary. Uh, I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway. All
0: right. I think. Uh, am I on? Yeah, yeah, you're on. You're bloody on, mate. Oh, I'm not plugged in. Cool.
1: Uh, no, your headphones. Nice. On.
0: Hey. Hi. All right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you don't need to
1: wear headphones. We just do it because it makes us feel like we're on the radio. No, I like yeah. it
0: though. You sound more bassy when you have headphones on. So I yeah, like that's it. Why you're hearing your voice. I like
1: it. Makes it feel like. It makes me feel like I'm on the radio. Uh,
2: this is why it sounds so professional.
0: But why
1: yeah. it's so depressing is because you think I oh, I know I'm on the radio because I got headphones on and this is my. This radio. is what people are hearing. This is what my radio show is. <laughs> I could have oh done anything. Could have done anything with this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, anyway, course, yeah. you've been on uh, air for three minutes now <laughs> 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 Hello We're joined in the studio by uh, podcast extraordinaire Dan Schreiber uh, How you doing? Good man, um, nice Nice to have a mic. <laughs> you, uh, uh, you have a book out? Yeah. The book of the year, 2019, the world's weirdest news featuring black holes, opinion polls, World Cup goals, and vegan sausage rolls. And absolutely no Brexit. Um, Christmas book.
0: Yeah, we, we, it's our third one that we've done. So this um, is hemp, like...
2: Hemp of the year being on it.
0: Yep. Just to distinguish. So you've done
2: all the kind of QI books, and now you've just done things that are just this year?
0: Yeah, well, the podcast is basically uh, a favorite facts that we found over the last seven days. And so that's anything from the beginning of the universe till the hypothetical end of the universe. We thought, okay, what if you actually just looked at one year? Because everything has to happen sometime, right? Yeah. Why not this year? Why not, like, awesome shit happening this year? So that's what this is. It's just a collection of the weirdest arrests, inventions, just just stuff that made us laugh. what's
2: interesting, it is kind of a Christmas book, and we're getting this thing. It's now mid-December, except you probably had to hand that book in. In July or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No,
0: we, we had the latest hand in. It was um, midway through September. But still, that's a chunk of the year. That's quite
2: late. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. a book,
0: that's super late.
1: It's not like filming a Christmas special where you've, you know, dressed up in fucking woolly jumpers in the middle of August. <laughs> And there's, like, fake snowing.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, it's not not about Christmas. No, it's
0: not about Christmas at all. So it's not
1: like you had to be in a Christmas mood to do it.
0: But it is a book about the year, and the year's still going. And do you you have... Um, Yeah,
1: there's, like, a a quarter of the year that you haven't covered. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah,
1: but you had to... So do you predict?
0: Uh, We did that once, and we got it wrong it was in oh, the first book lead. so that, we said never again that's the
1: thing about making stuff up it's not always it's not always yeah. accurate
0: we said that corbin was going to weird win beard of the year which was uh he was six time champion in a row so it looked pretty solid yeah then out of nowhere some other dude came along and who took it from it? I can't even remember I was so furious i didn't commit yeah. the name to memory but blo- blocked it out yeah. oh,
2: so you make predictions on things that are quite likely to actually happen yeah
0: exactly yeah. <laughs> and is, they got them wrong. we thought we can't we can't mess that <laughs> up and then we just completely did who would have thought? Six
2: do do you get to do the latter half or the latter section of uh, the previous year in this book
0: no we i i wanted to do that but then we thought but then that's just getting it wrong all over because you could have a chapter you could yes, have a sort previously, of, previously previously <laughs>
2: yeah
0: yeah, no, we didn't get around to doing that. Although, stuff slips in. Like, we ended up putting a fact in this book that was from 2015, which is a bit annoying. Um, okay. You find that out after it's published. Well, what, how'd, you, how'd you mean? So, we were... we were. Um, I was researching a fact... So, the book came out, and we, you have to do stuff like audiobooks and all that stuff. And there's a fact in there, which is that a guy called Budweiser, it's his name, was arrested trespassing a Budweiser factory. It was a real <laughs> arrest that happened. That kind of stuff happens all the time. There's a guy that happened... Uh, to be arrested this year which is true to this year called uh mr sober who was arrested for drink driving like that kind <laughs> of stuff just love it um but anyway uh, budweiser it got re-reported this year but it turned out to have happened in 2015
2: yeah, oh. yeah. what's the what's the process of because is it just you're sitting around with the internet and it's, it's almost like what you do is like when other people are goofing off at work,
0: yeah. that's your job. When other people are whacking off. <laughs> yeah. No, we read just constantly. It's internet. It's it's magazines. Um, and it's You get to go down. I mean, it's cool that we get paid for it because otherwise you couldn't justify reading meat management magazine for hours on end. Or, but, or, like, but how does that even but come but surely in? Surely
1: it's not just sort of like one mad dash for your septet. You know, like, oh, we haven't done any work on the book yet. You're mm. constantly yeah, compiling yeah. it.
0: Yeah, exactly. The four of us had this sort of Google Doc where we're just constantly throwing links in and just one-liners, because that's the main thing. If you can find that one-liner that makes you laugh, then that's... That's kind of the, the yeah, headline, yeah. and, and then, then,
1: then is it done in chronological order?
0: It's, we did it as an A to Z, so the idea is it's like they'll say airports, and it'll be the best of airport news from the year. Or
1: that's the best, and then
0: cross references and stuff. So
1: otherwise, it's an anxiety nightmare. Yeah, exactly.
0: To get it all in the right order. What well, and you get up to September as well, and suddenly the book ends? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was course. a yeah safety measure to stop that.
2: And like, what's the when when you've got this stuff? What what even would make you think I'll oh, I'll read? meat management do you have subscriptions to every magazine yeah, we do
0: actually at the qi offices there's there's just even the physical magazines that come through the door it's kind of bewildering uh, but then the online stuff that's where it gets fun uh it's kind of it's it's actually you'll be just reading a newspaper and it will say as reported in meat management magazine you go what the hell is that and, <laughs> and so you look into it or it was quite fun this year we actually contacted a lot more people than we did in the previous books to get sort of first hand oh, quotes wow. and stuff yeah i spoke to a guy who lives in america he runs a small town he's the mayor of a small town called uranus and it's a unincorporated town it's on route 66 and this nearby town basically had a situation where their local newspapers shut down and so there was this big gap in the market and he decided that uranus was going to Step in and fill that gap. So he opened up his own newspaper. It's called the Uranus Examiner. It went to fifty thousand people, but because of the name, it got shut down. And this year, he's relaunched it. And so I called him up, and it turns out he's an amazing guy. He's built the world's biggest belt buckle, which is in Uranus. Um, He's got a fudge factory there. He's got yeah, he's got an escape room, escape Uranus fudge
1: factory in Uranus. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's making. He's just started his own brewery, which is all new (laughs) beers that he's brewing there. And so he's
1: brewing stuff in Uranus. He's brewing stuff in Uranus. But what's really fun is um, he says. That's all
0: deliberate, though, right? Of course, the guy's totally just pun driven. He's he's, yeah. he's got a restaurant there. He says, terrible customer service, great puns. Like, that's, yeah. that's all he's about. But you know, what a life.
2: Imagine if that, that, that's what you get to do for your life. I know. He's basically going to make. Is the mayor of Uranus.
0: Yeah, self proclaimed mayor of Uranus. <laughs> yeah, that's what he calls himself. That's
2: what I call myself.
0: <laughs> We're both special
1: people. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So it's stuff like that. We got to talk to him and, you know, we found out that the youngest person ever to cycle around the world, which he did this year, um, he did it the whole time listening to our fish podcast. So we got in contact with him to talk about the journey. And so that's an original article with new stuff in it.
2: It must be frustrating that you're doing so much research and you might just find out. You might hear something go... What an amazing story. But you also research it and you may find out
0: that's not true, guys. Yes. And then what you have to that? abandon it. Oh, man, it's the Can worst. I just go
1: back to the Uranus thing? Yeah. What was the name of his thing? The Uranus... Examiner. The Uranus Examiner. That's the newspaper. Yeah, why would you shut that down? Yeah. Because it's not Uranus Examiner and it's not the Anus Examiner. <laughs> yeah. It's the Uranus Examiner. Yeah. It doesn't scan as a pun. So
0: oh, there's no the. Sorry, I added the the. Oh, Uranus example. Yeah, right? it's Uranus. Oh, exam. <laughs> Okay, cool. Alright, I'm not. Oh, sorry, yeah. I had to flag that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: He wouldn't have started it if he had to call it there. <laughs>
0: no, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sure. He knows his business. Just think that's yeah, not- and this brewery that he's doing, um, he's naming all of the local ales. These new ales off neighbouring counties. Because he's, he's really into sort of being a neighbourly guy. So I was like, oh, okay, that's great. That's the sort of break from the puns. And he went, yeah, so the first one is it's a county right next to us. It's called Dixon. So Dixon Uranus <laughs> is the first beer that they're doing. The success in Uranus is genuinely a place next to them. called. Cool. I looked on the map and I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. Licking Uranus is going to be another one. Lovely. town called Licking. Yeah. <laughs> it really a town called it's Licking. Called, a town called Licking. He yeah. must, he must put water. his feet up every day and just go...
2: Uh, what a, what a great day's work, I'm yeah, Exactly, <laughs> yeah. You count that money and the cheque comes in. It's like, yeah, well, I guess I'm the mayor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what, a, what a brilliant job. Yeah, he's fully in. How it? old is he? He's in his, uh, I think, late 50s. What a lovely life. Oh, it's, it's great. A, and they've got a, a great shop. <laughs> Make your anus great again caps, all that sort of stuff. I've seen it. There's websites so you can go. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah.
2: And you'll have to visit perhaps
0: in twenty twenty. That's the thing. I'm now I'm now sort of, you know, corresponding with him a lot. That yeah, we're going back to America with our podcast next I year. I can't
1: wait to visit Uranus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to walk around Uranus.
2: Go on. Do another one then. I can't wait to breathe in. <laughs> Clean, clean air, <laughs> of Uranus. Do you know what though? This is probably what he does all yeah. day.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Up he just stares out into the distance at yeah. his big belt buckle. Yeah, so he's like,
2: adjust. "What else could I put in Uranus? <laughs> uh, what else? What else could I have?
1: Uranus is full. <laughs> uh, that, that, that would be a kind of dark time." I think. Oh, that's it.
0: He's opening a motel so you can spend the night in
1: Uranus. (laughs) Uranus is cosy this time of year. Um, Oh, it's lovely. Brilliant. Okay, good. The world's not so bad
2: yeah i guess that is part of the thing of it isn't it it's sort of like it's a good it's a cheery book in that way it's oh, a that's the whole point
0: the whole point was we started it when there was this whole thing where nothing was being reported unless it was brexit north korea trump yeah, and just russian collusion and all that stuff and all underneath that was amazing stuff going on and these weird characters mr sober getting busted well, for drunk a lot driving. of people
2: a lot of people um, sort of uh, put sort of Criticise the news when it's like oh, the, but the most looked at news story today is the one about the dog who's <laughs> yeah the, the blue dog or whatever, and you go yeah, of course they do, yeah. but of course who wants to see because the rest of the news is the same all of the time <laughs> yeah yeah it's well, just constant it's like
1: stop motion isn't it where it's it's slightly it changes ever so slightly over a period of time until it's sort of like it's moved but it's basically just the same but slightly different same but slightly different. Same, same as like you know. That's not. That's a really good point. Yeah. Hmm. Really Glacial. So really, you really only need to really check into the news once a month.
2: Yeah. In an era where we have twenty-four hour news, so it's just so actually, what you could do with is you could just do with more stories that are just is a silly thing that you won't know about, and no one's really doing that. I guess that's why it's sort of it's almost like kind of fun news, or this is also happening. I mean, it's great that it's true because so much of this stuff bit, yeah. feel like it's I mean I'm sure like you are saying it, it must be disappointing to find something and go that sounds amazing do a bit of research on it and you must be tempted to go can we just say it's true someone else has said it's true
0: yeah oh, it is tempting but you sort of there, there is a thing it at QI it undermine
2: everything exactly
0: for. that's the yeah. issue that's the issue you can't You can't do it but the cool stuff is it's not even just you know it's not silly stories on it. So, so we did a thing about the black hole that was pictured for the first time this year um it's all the cool details underneath it that don't really make it to the top. So um, they, took the, they took all the data that they had, and it was something the telescopes of the world helped to build it, and it all went to, I think it was the north or south, pole, I actually can't remember which one. But the data was so big that they weren't able to send it over to the, to the scientists to analyze, so it had to be flown over in a plane. It was something like 3,500 years' worth of MP3s is how much data it was. So that many years of listening straight to songs... To show us this one picture that we eventually got, <laughs> crazy that's,
2: yeah. a, that's a lot of songs and that 's quite sweet as well um, <laughs> no, it is it's sort of the idea of using a plan. I quite like
0: sending it. a photo by plane yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and do you have a favorite fact of the year have you got something that um, you.
0: Would- well I'm I'm an Aussie so I really like that there was a pre-election poll that they did to see who the most trusted Australian politician was and the winner was the prime minister of New Zealand Jacinda Ardern. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that we just have no one there that we trust. It's yeah. It we had to go a to case New where Zealand people
2: didn't know that wasn't in Australia. No That's no no. Basically they, it. Knew. They, they knew. They knew. They were like okay. just
0: we have no one we'll go there. <laughs> <laughs> I like that when it, when you have little uh, reports that show something unexpected. There was one this year, there was a science report about uh, the conclusion of it was that scientists who were... Who were sort of surveyed? Don't like Richard Dawkins. That was the conclusion. That was nowhere in the question. That just came up. Just it was a different question altogether, and it got them ranting. And they all bitched about Richard Dawkins. Like, well, we've concluded no one likes him. Is there an element of detective work in it as well? Do you
2: do you get to, do you get used to if you read something in a paper where you feel like you've got half of the story? And I get that sometimes. Something niggles at you. Go that's not it. Mm. That doesn't sound right. It just feels like there's a whole other story which is sort of hinted at. or like, Yeah, yeah. Do you get a, a gut instinct for that to be like, that's not the story. Something yeah. else is going on there.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I can't off the top of my head think of examples. I'll tell you the, the worst thing, though, is when you get that feeling that it feels wrong, but everything is saying it's right, and mm. then four months later it turns out to be fake news. Right, you think, yeah
1: like a story about a man... He goes to hospital because he's got a ketchup bottle up his ass, and then he says, "I fell on the ketchup bottle when I had my trousers down." Yeah, and then they remove it, and there's a condom on it. <laughs> <laughs> do you mean like, like that where "You go, everything is pointing yeah. to you sticking a ketchup bottle up your ass," but you're saying that you fell
2: on it. And then, do what do
1: you mean y- like that, Nat?
2: Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. But I wonder if in that case it would almost you, be. I fell on it. <laughs> yeah, in that case it would be that they actually did some research and found out. There actually was a really weird set of circumstances where that happened. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But that's your job. That's your job. You come in and you just come in, you have a pile of magazines
0: and. Yeah. And try and. Try and but it's sort work of it an out. offshoot from your day job. Yeah, I mean the podcast is the day job now. Yeah. That's that's kind of in a weird way got to the point where it's completely dominating everything. Where we've almost had to quit everything else just and to
2: dominating other podcasts.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But it came out of you being kind of the QI elves, right? Yeah, yeah totally. So, so, and then are you not
0: doing? Are you not working on QI at all now? No, I I stopped years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. yeah. I kept getting stuff. Wrong. <laughs> I, was, I was really not good at that job. Because if I scratch
1: beneath the surface, it sounds like you were fired.
0: No, yeah. <laughs> <So laughs> what it was is um, QI didn't used to be a full-time thing back in the day. When the T.I. started right at the beginning, it was sort of i just as they were wrapping up on the first series, I came in, and uh, so you'd have the series, and then QI kind of was just a nothingness, and then you'd back into a series. And so I, I was nineteen at the time, and I had no other jobs to do, so I moved to london and said i 've got to just go and do other jobs now and I just periodically went back to q i and then in that time, I came up with a radio show idea with the guy who produces q i John Lloyd, which we started on Radio four and is still going to the state it's on like it 's fifteenth series, so I produced that for years and then came back to Q i to come up with ideas and This is the first idea I had the podcast and then I hadn't, didn't have to do anything else because <laughs> it, cause it went it so well. Is it still
2: aligned with
0: QI, though, or does it feel the like The podcast? A- yeah,
2: it's completely. Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. We do it in the office. The okay. other three are the head writers of QI. I'm the only one who stepped away from that. And it's completely a QI You've thing. have not brexited from QI. No, it still no, feels like it is still No, I don't think, think we ever could. Because we are. We're literally a, the younger you know, sibling of the show. So, yeah, we'd be killed. John Lloyd knows very important people. And who he can knows where do you live. That. Yeah. Oh, definitely. He probably yeah. does. He's been yeah.
2: around for a while. He's probably met some people. He, he really has.
0: There's, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, that, so the radio show that I made with John on Radio 4, um, all the guests who come on are people who are like biologists and sea lords and like really weird people. It's all people John knows and has what's lunch the, what's with. What's the sea lord? Sea lord is the person who runs the Navy. So he's a former sea lord. He he ran the Navy. He was in the Falkland Wars. He's an extraordinary character called Alan West. Um, and yeah, John's like, oh, should I get my former Sea Lord buddy on the show? And you're like, yeah, okay. That sea sounds- Lord
2: just feels like it, it's w- like one um, one promotion too many. Like you've just been <laughs> in the navy too long, yes. and you're admiral or whatever. And you're like, yeah, admiral, and it's like, uh, where next? And it's like, uh, sea- yep. So what's next? And, they, and they've just made it up. Hmm. Sea Sea Lord Sea, sea Lord Lord. <laughs> you're Lord of the Sea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's next? You're you're the new Neptune. Oh <laughs> wow, amazing! <laughs> Thanks. It's just, like, what's what's? Where do you go? Yeah. Because uh, you'd think that a sea lord would be someone
0: that
1: uh, rents out aquatic property, like a landlord. Like a landlord. Very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. There you
0: okay. go. yeah. <laughs> My mic's still working. I'm just <laughs> letting that hang.
1: <laughs> well, you can't. You, you don't have headphones on, <laughs> so you're not enjoying this. <laughs> 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 so, um, have you seen the Wonder Woman trailer? Uh, yeah, I have, yeah. The Wonder Woman 1984 trailer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, so, Nathaniel's not a massive fan of the original Wonder Woman. I thought he was. I thought was yeah, but you're not a massive fan. No, I'm fan not really. And I really loved it. Uh, it might be my favourite superhero film that's been made. Well, really? I, I did like Joker, but I really loved Wonder Woman. And okay. I have not been this excited over a trailer in maybe 30 years. Really? I thought the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer looked absolutely incredible. Uh, your thoughts?
0: Um, yeah, I thought it looked okay. Just don't want to fall out with you at this point. Um, you can't
1: fall out with me. It's just an opinion on a film. Okay, cool. Uh, you're not saying that you like The Last Jedi. It's fine.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were saying
1: that you like The Last Jedi, I would question whether you even liked Star Wars. <laughs>
0: I didn't like the Last Jedi. I have to say, You
1: are friends for life, mate. Friends for
0: life. Yeah, I
1: just t- say that anyone that says that they like the Last Jedi, when you dig beneath the surface, it does seem. Well, I haven't really seen all of the other Star Wars films, and I'm not really into Star Wars, but I thought it visually looked nice.
0: Did you like elements of the Last Jedi? I did definitely like certain scenes from it.
1: Uh, my hatred of it has grown. Okay, uh, but I hated when I first saw it. I hated the very. I hated the opening crawl. And that's a very weird sort of reaction. Where I was sort of like watching it. it In Comic
2: Sans. I don't
1: like this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious about your thoughts. (laughs) Right, I don't undermine you. Right, (laughs) but when the open crawl came up, right, it irritated me. And then uh, the films, and there were bits. I really think that Adam Driver is incredible in it. And I think that it's a shame that um, they haven't done more with his character. Uh, and I thought they could have gone done something really interesting with it about uh, three quarters in, and then they sort of like reverted back to him being like unnecessarily evil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I but I I just I was even happy with the storyline. What I really had a problem with was just the tone of the film and how flippant it was about sort of important things within the universe. Yeah where, you know, he throws his lightsaber away and he's just like, hang on a minute, is that just like a shit joke that you put in? Because if it's just for a shit joke, there was another way of doing it that would still have, like, weight to it. Yeah. But you've kind of, like, done... Literally, it's a throwaway joke and you kind of go, oh, right, because we've waited two years to find out what's going to happen once you've got the lightsaber. So there's just things like that. But um, but then the more I thought about it, the more it has really annoyed me that they did that with it. Mm. Because essentially people waited 30 years to find out where Luke Skywalker was yes and you see where his character is but they still don't really explain it in any depth you kind of go well fine (laughs) that's that that was your (laughs) chance to do something with the character even if you're going to do even if you're going to subvert our expectations you still haven't put any depth to those expectations you haven't treated it with any weight you've just kind of like done something that feels like it was a spur of the moment decision just to do something that we weren't expecting and that's not any more original than doing something that we were expecting that's just the opposite of all you need to do is go what are they expecting we'll do the opposite yeah there's no sort of like um
0: maybe the the lightsaber scene though you know maybe there was a actual properly written scene there but you know in um when Indiana Jones, in I think it's Raiders, when he's meant to have a fight with that sword guy, but he was too tired because he's hungover and he pulls the gun out and yeah. kills him. Brilliant scene.
1: He had diarrhea.
0: Did he, he have diarrhea that day? Harrison
1: Ford had the shits. Really? And uh, he was too weak to have... A, they had a choreographed fight scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: And on the day, it was just like, I'm too hot.
0: It's too hard. let me shoot. Yeah. Maybe Mark had diarrhea. He didn't. <laughs> You've looked into
1: it. Ryan, they filmed Ryan Johnson's first draft.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. They, what do you mean they filmed the, the table reading? The, the, he, 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 <laughs> he, he did one draft. Oh, oh, sorry, got it, got it right. He did one draft. Why? But how can that How can that happen?
1: Because they had a time limit. He hadn't even seen um, The Force Awakens when he wrote it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that might make sense, they right? They started
1: filming it before yeah. um, it had been released.
0: But presumably he had access to a script for The Force Awakens. Sure, but he hadn't seen it.
1: Right. And JJ Abrams gave him like a list of things. If you do it like this, he gave like a story outline. He said, If you do it like this, yeah, then, you know, this would be like a, He went, I'm not going to do that.
0: Yeah, right. So he just threw it out. It's weird though, because do you remember there was that whole thing about his. He made, he
1: made a film about being low on petrol.
0: Who did, right? Like I can't remember. Johnson,
1: The Last Jedi is about a chase where they're both running out of petrol.
0: Right. <laughs> I remember so little from it or, or you're talking about it so the obtusely. then the other
1: half of it is a bunch of people on the casino planet worrying about slavery and animal rights oh i hated
0: the casino planet <laughs>
1: and you go fucking hell yeah and then every time there's a joke everything stops dead for like this little alien filling up bb8 with coins and it's just like it's just it stops dead and then the whole film has to restart again and it's that steam iron joke where the Anyway, sorry. Where does it rank on <laughs> your? <just> really
0: <laughs> is it is it the worst Star Wars for this you?
1: It's one of it's one of the worst films. Okay, cool. I hate it so much, and it's sort of killed Star Wars. I'm really, I'm not even nervous about it. I just think, I don't see how this n- new one's going to. Yeah, like, like I didn't. Star I didn't Wars see or,
0: Solo off the back of that. I just thought I'm I'm done for a while. Solo this is, is
1: absolutely. F- I think Solo is a solid three Star film. Okay, that if it was nothing to do with Star Wars, it was it's it's as good as. Stargate oh cool okay so it's fine yeah. it's like a B movie it's a disposable B movie that you go fine and if it wasn't Han Solo it would have been great yeah yeah but you go nobody wants this oh Anyway, Rise of Skywalker, I'm very nervous about. But and yeah. I haven't been excited about any of the trailers for that. I'd like the new Bond trailer, but the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer. My basic point is, you don't like the, the <laughs> you don't like the last Jedi. We're mates, it's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, so you can say what you like about Wonder Woman 1984.
0: Yeah, uh, it, I'm a bit worried about it. I think it looks a bit like the sequel to the most recent Spider-Man. It just sure. feels like we've been dealt these huge juggernaut films recently the the rebirth of spider-man endgame which was just i don't think i've ever been so excited it's the only movie i regret not seeing in the cinema and annoyingly if i had a time machine and i got one trip I'd probably use it on that, which is horrible to say. That's but weird. true. I, there's no might, other bit of history. You might I just have be able to get someone
2: to put it back on the cinema. It'll probably be back on sometime. Fuck, I used my one chance <laughs>
0: on something repeatable. Okay. Let's yeah. We'll
1: just sit really close to a. a TV. No,
0: I wanted I wanted the I wanted the nerd eruption when you know when oh,
1: I remember the nerd eruption. <laughs> still haven't still haven't got it got it all out of my clothing. <laughs> 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 uh, Endgame. Yeah, I, I really.
0: Come I, on, yeah. that moment when when I Captain America it. gets the call from all the returned heroes and the ultimate.
1: I really enjoyed oh, it. Rocking. I, I did really enjoy it, but I, I don't enjoy the Marvel films in the same way that I enjoyed the, uh, When DC is Good.
0: Yeah, okay, right. But When
1: DC is Bad, I walk out of the cinema. Okay. <laughs> when I DC d- goes bad, I go rogue. <laughs> I walked out of Suicide Squad, and it has Batman in it, and you just think, I walked out of a Batman film. Fucking hell. <laughs> Times are hard. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I really like... Um, I really liked wonderful. I really liked the way it looks. And I think that someone said it online uh, that the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer is sort of like the Thor Ragnarok trailer where they've kind of, it's very sort of like led by the soundtrack and the music that they've used.
2: Yes, yeah. You've got an orchestral version of Blue Monday playing yeah, over the top. That was cool. It's Actually, so the music incredible. was, yeah. The music
1: is incredible. And then I tell you, I started watching the trailer again but I didn't have the sound on and then you've just got the visuals and it kind of doesn't work as well. Okay. But the music really sells it and uh, yeah, just sort of, I just
0: thought it I
2: think, think it's, it's a fair. neat idea having this character that's obviously been around since the 1910s. Mm-hmm. And then going, the sequel, 1984. It just seems like quite a modern, I mean, like an interesting so, period to go, so, oh, okay.
1: It's so different, and yet um, it's a sequel. It's mm. you know, so different from the original, which was World War I trenches. Yeah. yeah. But the, what, so essentially, so it was meant to be, I think Wonder Woman was either meant to be out this Christmas or last summer. And um, because the DC universe is in such disarray, mm. they basically refilmed 50% of the film. Uh, And so normally that's huge problems because we're doing massive reshoots. But essentially, I think what I've heard is what they're going to do is that because it's about uh, time travel and Chris Pine returns and there's like changes to the thing. What they're doing is basically they're going to keep everything that's worked with the DC universe and then reboot everything that hasn't. So they're going to reboot Batman and Superman and sort of reboot the Snyder universe. That right, he started. okay. And so they're going to keep Aquaman and Shazam and the stuff that worked. And then anything that sort of like was terrible, like the tone of Superman and all of that, yeah. they're going to reboot it with this Wonder Woman scene. So uh, there's a flash, uh, Flashpoint. It's oh, the yeah, Flash yeah. comic book where he goes back to save a friend and then all these little changes have happened. And so, I think it's going to be essentially that's the what point it, in
2: history where it changes is nineteen eighty four.
1: Uh, I don't, I don't know if it is nineteen eighty four, um, but the, I think the bad guy has this thing that changes bits of history and uh, or changes something slightly, and then all of these different like butterfly effect. I quite like the... the it
2: feels like the tone of it is almost kind of Robo copy or that kind of Verhoeven-y kind mm. of sort of high, um, almost like high camp eighties sort of TV. Um, grinning quiz show hosts and that kind of thing I quite like oh yeah yeah. the villain looks Mm.
0: like he's going to be in that territory like he's got some sort of game show there was a lot of her sliding um, (laughs) in a hallway which suggests that they've not quite finished the movie yet and they just had to reuse a few shots for that trailer I thought
1: the special effects looked ropey
0: yeah the bit when
1: the van flips and all that but
0: you know yeah uh, my, bu- my buddy uh, Alex, he went to see a premiere of one of the Harry Potter movies when it came out, and it was one that was being done in 3D, but they they didn't get it done in time, basically. And halfway through the movie, the 3D just stops. This was in its like opening sort of premiere period. Wow. So this is halfway through, and suddenly the glasses aren't working, and they realise that the movie itself hasn't been finished, but they had to release it. And so you just had half a Harry Potter movie. So
1: what did they do? They finished it and then released another Yeah, movie? yeah,
0: just more more... Prince went out to cinemas. Wow. Um yeah, with the with the second half intact. Um eight, the eighties feel like quite a saviour though for a lot of films. Like tonally, I like as you say, if you turn the music off, suddenly is it as impressive. But like you got to talking about Adam Sandler earlier, but if you, you right, know so, yeah. Wedding Singer, it's sort of like a oh that just felt the eighties is just such a solid territory for film.
1: We're sort of waiting because of the eighties it's like um Back to the Future was 80s but it was set in the 50s so all the filmmakers that were making films in the 80s had grown up in the 50s yeah and so they got a lot of love for the 50s and so there was a period where it's kind of like oh right we're very nostalgic for the 80s but we seem to have been wedding sing was 98 i think yeah so we seem to have been nostalgic for the 80s for a very long time yeah and it's not like when are we going to be more nostalgic for the 90s there so was that um um what's his face he did the 90s movie uh, Jonah Hill made
2: um, oh mid nineties
1: mid nineties. So, I haven't seen so that. So it's beginning to start um, this kind of. But I mean, even in the nineties, it was kind of like, what what's to be nostalgic? I about?
0: guess like grunge. Mm. We'll have some sort of Nirvanary looking mm.
2: stuff. The nineties felt like a kind of throwback decade anyway, because everything seemed to be doing the sixties again. Didn't 60s it? Seems trying to be doing like. All that kind of Britpop, Cool yeah. Britannia, was all kind of
0: reflecting on And flares. Sort of yeah. It was all. It was what was Wayne's World doing? Was Wayne's World being a nineties movie? They it was weren't it were yeah. So mm. that, was, okay. that was that was
1: contemporary. That was yeah, they were wrong. just in the. Okay, but, but it's like when you look at Back to the Future, and um, and it's written by a bunch of people that were so it's set in the eighties, about an eighties teenager, but he keeps using the phrase, "Oh, that's heavy," mm. and you go, "That's such a." 50s, 60s sort of phrase. Right. That is not, it doesn't fit, he doesn't talk like a contemporary teenager in Back to the Future a lot of the time. Mm. There's all these little words that sort of like give it away that is written by 40 year old, yeah, yeah. trying to be teenagers. Who was
0: it? Was it Zemeckis who wrote Zemeckis it? Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Bob Gale, mm. yeah. Bob Batman? Bob, no, no, no. Bob,
1: that's Bob Kane. Bob Kane,
0: sorry, yeah,
1: uh, Bob Kane, who uh, thought of the name Batman, but didn't really do. The little really really finger, basically, oh yeah, no, basically yeah. drew it, basically yeah. drew it, and invented all the good stuff about Batman.
0: Yes, I saw a, an episode. Have you guys seen a TV show called Comic Book Men? No. All right, no. Kevin Smith. Sure, of course. <laughs> uh, Kevin, Kevin Smith um, based his whole career on this one friendship group that he had uh, when he was a kid, and the guys who he then turned into the characters and clerks show up as cameos in it. But so while he had his whole career in the background, he set up a comic book shop that these guys have been running oh, in yes, Red see, Bank, in New yeah, Jersey, yeah. for years and years. Mm. And so it's it's a big. It's called uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, and they've been running it for like twenty odd years. And it's a TV show about it's kind of like if you've ever seen porn stars, P-A-W-N stars or just shows where people come with like a an item of um, this is like the first Spider-Man issue number one, you know, kind of thing. And they try and buy it or sell it over the counter. What's the kind porn of thing. stars. Oh, it's my favorite show. Were they porn stuff? So yeah, they it's porn not stuff. Chess. No, it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's they porn stuff at a porn shop, and it's in Las Vegas. It's amazing. It's, it's. I think
1: I've seen something like that, but I would assume it was like about chess.
0: Yeah, you'd be so disappointed unless someone happens to be selling a chessboard on the episode you saw. That's the not? only crossover where you'll Is it enjoy about that.
2: Chess or dyslexic perverts. Yes. <laughs> It just, is it not is it not got an air of um sort of grim depression about it with it set in Las Vegas. So there's all these people coming up with their wedding rings and things and just going, I
0: just need another roll
2: of the dice. Yeah, they, they don't really show those
0: scenes. Yeah, <laughs> it's more people coming in going, here's a spoon that was on the Hindenburg. And then they go, well, I don't know if this is genuine. And then they call it and they go, well, I, I happen to have a buddy who's the world-leading Hindenburg spoon <laughs> expert. Let's get him in. He comes in. And then you get a history lesson about the cutlery on the Hindenburg. And then they do their thing. But it's a kind of like weird relic history show where you just can see these tiny little things that are you know this is a babe ruth original like, thing this is a
1: it's like an american amped up antiques roadshow
0: yeah but i would say way better
1: sure but it's but it's like the american thing we take sort of like a format but it's kind of like yeah they wouldn't be able to do the antiques roadshow it's too uh, uh it's too polite and, and yeah polite. so they've amped it up and they've kind of like brought in a competitive edge to yeah exactly
0: kind of- yeah yeah, it's cool. You should check it out. But it's how did we go into porn stars? We were talking about um, mm-hmm. James
1: Tyler, Bob, and Richard? Oh yeah, so that
0: that's what the comic book men store uh, show is like. But the cool thing about it is they always have cameos from the greats of the comic book world. So Bill Finger, who's passed away, I think his kids came in and they showed original drawings that he did, like all the original sketches and stuff. So it's just a cool place to mm. sort of see the right. archives of the greats. That's great. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet show. I'd yeah. also
2: imagine when you saw the Hindenburg Spoon Man, that'd be a kind of note that you would take and go, well, I could do it being in touch with the Hindenburg exactly. Spoon Man?" Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Let, let me get his full name. That's a whole book I can get out of that next year. Exactly. <laughs> um
1: Let's play your song. Uh, what's your song?
0: Uh, I sent in two, so I don't know which one's going to come up.
1: So <laughs> greedy. It's uh, Mary by Spark Oh, this
0: is an Aussie band, yeah.
2: Nick of Nathaniel Club
1: for And we are back with Dan Schreiber in the studio. Uh, so you were uh, when we went in to collect you. You yeah. were saying it's disappointing that we um, uh, were talking about uh, Adam Sandler before you came in.
0: Yeah. What have you got to add? Oh, just a huge fan and. Uh, I think, I think my, my opinions were sort of similar to yours. You know, I watch all the shit ones. I see bits of gold in all the shit. I don't like that uh, there's certain people who sort of get cut off for having a career because the things that they've made recently haven't been as good as those initial groundbreaking things. It happens with bands all the time. It happens with comedians. Mm. I it hate that. Happens I d-
1: with the, it happened with the Marx Brothers.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They
1: started off. They made. They had like fifteen years of like, or maybe maybe the films were made quicker than that. They had like five or six films in the beginning of their career that were all incredible, and then they petered out. They yeah. got old. You know, well, Groucho, got, you know, Groucho
0: had a revival because he had that TV show, You Bet Your Life, which mm-hmm. was one of the biggest in America. Mm-hmm. But the rest, yeah. But then they didn't give a shit. Like, I guess Harpo, the the silent one, kind of just was like I'm done anyway. Chico just wanted to back. Chico bet. was a gambler. Yeah, yeah, so he needed the money. They they ended up doing movies just to support the money that he owed to Yeah, that's
2: right. There was a whole
0: thing about uh what's his name? The the famous gangster in America who was shot um Al Capone was it? I he think. Wasn't shot? Who
2: uh, Dillinger, is it? Or uh, and, uh, there's a bit there's a big okay. one
0: who was found dead and they they found a sort of IOU from Chico in his pocket. <laughs> in <a worrying laughs> <way>. Um Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, but so you can have a run at stuff and then historically I don't know if I'm talking about Adam Sander in the same breath as the Marx Brothers but um, what I will say is that he has a likability on screen that... Um, Makes me believe that there is good in him, and he will be good again. Yeah, well, hundred
0: percent fresh. Hundred percent fresh. It's I, amazing. I think that's the
1: best uh, comedy special that has ever been on Netflix. Yeah, uh, and the love and the skill that's been put into actually even just putting it together is incredible. The, you look at the behind-the-scenes people that are involved, and he's like thanking people like Pete Anderson on the on the credits, and like, I th- it's 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 so good that when Rob Schneider turns up halfway through, you go, you you're affectionate. At, Towards <laughs> yeah. The Rock Schneider. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, he's included Robin now. Yeah, oh, exactly. That. And um, and the songs are memorable and uh, and they're
0: great. Like they're great uh, little great, poems, funny, almost like funny, just yeah,
1: really funny and just a really great um, uh, uh, showcase for him at his best. And then you go. I, I always equate. I equated 100 fresh. I'm not into football, but it is like supporting a shit team. Because you were born there.
0: And, yes, okay. Mm.
1: and uh, Or because your dad supported them and you've inherited this team and they haven't won anything in ages, but you still have to go and turn up every Saturday to watch them play. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden they win the Premiership. All of a
0: sudden they're Man City with that, that win in that fight. Like, that's 100%.
1: Well, I mean, it depends who you're supporting. They would still be... <laughs> oh, yeah. They would still be, you know, whatever, Wimbledon
2: yeah i think when i like someone though i do kind of like them up and down and i like seeing them in like bad movies or like i th- i find that quite it's almost like once i like them i can watch a bad movie with someone like i, I yeah. mean i love like yeah what like watching a, a vincent price film or something mm. i know that like 80 90 percent of the films you make aren't very good but he's good in them and there's a sort of level of it where you go Oh, I like this. Or there's still something. He's still turning up and putting putting a shift in, and yeah, yeah. I still quite like that. There's still once once I like them, I think I'm kind of set. I'm quite committed to the people (laughs) I do like.
1: But also, there's no rhyme. I mean, um, so what's that terrible film that you made, The Cobbler? Oh, yeah. It's an absolutely terrible film, but, the, you know, Dustin Hoffman's in it. No, he's made all the right choices there. It was directed by the guy that did The Station Agent, and it's kind of like, who's an award winner? You know, <laughs> it's kind of like the, the, the behind-the-scenes list and the people that are on, on screen, and it's prestigious. yeah. And then the film is fucking dreadful, and it's as bad as when he makes his own films. Uh, and you go, well, you know, he, he, he still tried that. You can't say yeah. that oh, it's another shit Adam Sandler, because it's not an Adam Sandler film. It's like a... I uh, didn't realize it's that one of, it's one of him when he's sort of like trying know, to like do a good a, movie. Yeah, it's like a P.T. Anderson one, or you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, that's that's when you saw it wasn't him. You you always assume like with the latest Uncut Gems, it's going to be okay. It's, this is the one that sort of brings his stock back up, like hmm. like Punch Drunk Love hmm. or or whatever. But um, yeah, it really wasn't. <laughs> it's not was, a good one. <laughs> there's
1: the Merovic story as well.
0: yeah I haven't seen that one yet. Actually, so that's
1: got Dustin Hoffman, Emma Thompson, Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler, and that's uh, and um, I was talking to a friend this week about it and um, I don't think it's a particularly memorable film I don't think it's a particularly likeable film it's sort of like a very unlikable version of Royal Tenenbaums only more gritty and realistic but the thing in that cast the standout performance is Adam Sandler who's amazing in it there's even a bit when he plays piano with his daughter and he sings a song and you go this is it's incredible and he just shines in that film who directed that film don't know. It was Noah Baumbach. Oh, okay, and so oh, right, it's kind right. of like he's made this art house film with all these people that kind of like dabble in art house stuff. Even Ben Stella. Yeah, and uh, he's the th- he's the one thing in it that absolutely elevates that film.
0: And I've seen. I think I saw the opening of it on on a plane. He's driving is, around in a. But is he his voice wise? Is he quite in Sandler mode of sort of? He, he's got that sort of Adam Sandler. Um,
1: I think he's being quite New York-y.
0: Is he okay? Right.
1: Um. Um. But I mean, I. I I wouldn't re-watch it, but all of my memories of that film are all of the Adam Sandler bits, and I can't really remember much hmm. else.
0: Okay, cool.
2: Um, I think it's exactly what we, you keep saying about him. It's just... I think when you surround yourself with that many kind of good people that obviously like him, I think it weirdly does send a message to the audience where you go... You must, be, you, you must be very lovable, or it, it does seem to attract these huge actors who work with him, yeah. quite often in very poor movies. Yeah. And then they must have scripts that aren't like aren't that great. But then it's obviously him that is the anchor that sort of draws people to him. But
1: you expect David Spade to turn up in Who I Love, and you expect Rob Schneider to turn up.
0: Chris Rock more and more, and more now. Yeah. You
1: expect them to turn up, but when you get someone like, you know... Um, uh, Al Pacino mm. and uh, even Jennifer Aniston and Drew Barrymore, and it's kind of like they're gone. No, we're gonna, we're gonna. Nicole Kidman's in fucking just go with it. It's kind of like, yeah, that's right. They're yeah, not, they're not in it because they've
2: got nothing else on.
1: Basically, uh, I do get a feeling that the films are sort of secondary, and yes, the, the vibe on set is is what what you go for.
0: But I think as well as someone who watches it, that sometimes applies to me too grown-ups which you don't like or grown-ups too for me it's just like seeing the gang hang out and i i'm happy just having that in my face for two hours i think Mm.
1: that is the selling point of that
0: yeah i just i do want spade and uh, rock and and snyder getting in an argument next to sandler yelling at them that just wish it was better yeah it'd be i mean it would be great if it was better but Actually, I don't give a shit.
1: But then that's what's great about 100% Fresh, because he's, he does the Chris Farley song, and oh. then he says, if he was still around, we'd be making Grown Ups 3. Yeah. And you go, I would have loved to see Grown Ups 3 with Chris Farley. Because yeah. it was meant to be Farley and not Kevin James.
0: Yes, exactly. He's not really part of that Who's sort initial of like A
1: crew. late addition. But when you compare... Adam Sandler's special to Kevin James's special mm. which looks like it was thrown together in a fortnight and then they just filmed whatever they yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. He had writers on it and it's kind of like it looks so I mean that's those are the specials at their worst. And then when it's like Adam Sandler's doing special, you just think, Come on, you've got to pull it out there. And yeah. when you see it's not just good, it's the best Netflix special I've ever I've seen it maybe like ten times. It's now.
0: so good it's the it's just the comedy is. It's there's no nostalgia about it there's no sort of oh this guy is just someone I love seeing it's purely perfect comedy <laughs> and the
1: jokes are so silly and yeah. he's so down to earth he's a multi-millionaire and he just makes everything kind of like universal and etc I think I'm going to try and get my family to watch it over Christmas
0: nice cool good move but it's been out a year now I do it's like really. it's, there's been a sudden return of the sort of that period of um, the sort of greats of com- like Ray Romano's got a new
1: well, I mean so- he's in The Irishman Yes like yeah the fact that raven i'd love raven i i yeah. really liked everybody Loved Raymond I yeah, that's correct it that, uh i think if you if you if you a casual observer or you don't really or you've never even watched it it's just osmosis that you're aware of it then you can just dismiss it as kind of like a typical shitty yeah, yeah, uh, sitcom that's based around a personality but um, they used to talk about kind of uh, existential stuff and like whether there's a god or not and it, all within this kind of like family and everyone would have an opinion all the characters would have a different opinion on stuff and you just think they're putting so much more into that sitcom than it really needs mm. that it's, it was it, not every episode but I like the characters. And I also think Everybody Loves Raymond is really, uh, if you watch it through the point of view of his brother, then that's kind of what the sitcom's about. Right, okay. It's about this brother who's kind of like really not the favourite kid, and he even comes on and says the title. You know, he goes, Everybody Loves Raymond. And that's sort of what the sitcom's about. Yeah. about being Raymond's brother and how blessed he is and ungrateful he is for all of this stuff that he's got.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Have you read his book? Um, It's called Everything and a kite and it's it came out in that period where Jerry Seinfeld had sign language and Ellen DeGeneres was right. doing hers and it's it's the one book where you can feel he's really putting his fingers to the keyboard it's his voice entirely right. it's uh, so good so so well, what have, so have you seen this new one the, the, the special, um, the special?
1: Uh, yeah it's um, it's
0: it's fine right but it's at least it's interesting it's in the an, sort of approach it's to a
1: nice idea yeah but then on top of that you just think it is cheap yeah they've done it in one night and they've done it He's only done, like, a half-hour spot in each club. Yeah. And the material is not that strong. The idea, So he does half of the gig in... Uh, is it this the Comedy Cellar? Comedy seller?
0: Seller, but two comedy sellers. there's two Comedy Cellars. two Comedy
1: Cellars. So he does half the gig in one Comedy Cellar, where he's sort of like, hey, Ray Romano, everyone's excited that he's there. Yeah. And then he does the set, and then he comes out of the set, walks around the corner, and then he does the second half of the set, in the other...
2: One. Okay, to so have callbacks at the end that the audience are going, what? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. what? no, so, dude, so you can't. So, so it's
1: quite light and disposable. Yeah, and go, I like the idea. It's a neat idea. But it also, it's kind of like right. Well, we don't want to spend loads of money. We want to keep as much money for our, ourselves as possible. Because what's the point in doing? A spe- you know, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is a payday. So let's do it in one night, and we'll film it in two clubs.
0: Yeah. Um, I just dig though it, the I agree the material isn't because his old stand up was incredible it's not but, timeless um, yeah, but it the, just him walking to the club and doing it just feels <laughs> that, like who does that there's no There's no young comic going up on netflix it's It's very glitzy and and so mm-hmm. on, and yeah, I just like it's that they' like
1: they're, they're going to their roots:
0: yeah. the Seinfeld special. When oh yeah. he,
1: did you see that
0: i did yeah oh it's awful yeah no just use just
1: absolutely terrible that was
0: yeah it was that was really a case of charisma trying to override
1: terrible material <laughs> material yeah it was kind of yeah bleak
0: i saw him recently at the hammersmith apollo um and it's very close to the show that i saw him do at the o2 a few years like seven years back or something mm-hmm. like that which was astonishing like he really made that room work the hammersmith apollo one was okay but you kind of got the sense that, well, he had an opening act called Ryan Hamilton. Have you seen his, his Netflix special? No. That one is amazing. Um, it kind of, the new comic slightly bloop. But he brought a guy I out know. who was basically a carbon copy, like, hey, everybody, I'm Ryan. And you're like, okay, what's the deal with ice cream? And it was literally Seinfeld as a.
1: That's a good impression. Oh, thanks. You knew it, though. It's good. we've come to the end. Uh, you were a fan of 19s WWF, oh, yeah. secondhand bookshops, Jack J.K. Rowland, the yep. Jet Benny show, Beatles, Jackie Chan, yes. New Zealand comedians, Cheeky Dickheads, Clive yep. James, Christopher Hitchens, Yoko Ono, Bowie, Alice Roberts, yep. Weird Theories, Eric Von Dan- Daniken, yep, uh, Sylvia Plath, and Gary yep. Shandling. But we've not got time to talk about any of that. Thanks for discussing <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 with me. Uh, and now we're going to play the game. Really? this
2: is the game. It's better or worse, and you have to say with the next person is better or worse than the person before, based entirely on my own opinion. Beginning with James Spader, is Kirk Douglas better or worse than James Spader? Uh, better. Better. Is Michael Douglas better or worse than Kirk Douglas? Better. Better. Worse. Uh. Is Michael Fassbender better or worse than Michael Douglas? Um, worse. Better. Huh? Is Michael J. Fox with better or Michael worse?
1: Michael Douglas, love. Fucking c- c- no,
2: Is Michael J. Fox better or worse than Michael Fassbender? Better. 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 Is Michael B. Jordan better or worse than Michael J. Fox? Worse. 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 ...is Jordan... No, is Michael Jordan better or worse than Michael B. Jordan? Way better. Better. Is Michael Jordan better or worse than Jordan Katie Price? Way better. 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 Is Katie Holmes better or worse than Jordan Katie Price? Better. 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 Is Sherlock Holmes better or worse than Katie Holmes? Better. Better. Is Boris Johnson better or worse than Sherlock Holmes? Worse. Worse, Worse. yeah.
1: And what's the score? Eight! Are oh, you eight? So you got eight. That means that you are uh, not as good as Tom Crowley, Rhys James Marshall, Julius <laughs> with nine, but you are as good as Paul Gannon, Nick DeSemlian and, and Naomi MacDonald with eight. And you're better than Kevin Allison, Joe DeCosta, Alistair Green, Lloyd Griffiths, Max Haley, uh, 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 Max, Max Halley, Harriet Kemsley, uh, Morgan McGlynn, Juliet here, uh, The Last Skeptic, David Trent, Toby Williams with seven, Bronte Barbe, Will Jackson, Ginger Johnson with six and Original Flavor with five. Uh, but you uh, also trounce uh, Sam Ashurst with... (laughs) Minus 10 million. Um, So, uh, uh, that's great. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much. uh, 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 We've been uh, talking to Dan Schreiber and his book, uh, The Book of the Year
2: 2019,
1: The World's Weirdest News, is out in shops now. Thank you very much. You've been a lovely guest. It's really nice to talk to you. It's been awesome. Happy Christmas. Uh, We're back back in a few weeks. We're back in a few weeks. This is our last one before Christmas. And to play us out is a song.
0: You've been listening to a Foobar Radio podcast. For more information, go to
2: foobarradio.com.